Jesse, a.k.a. The Bizzle. The Bizzle? Thank you, The Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, ladies and gentlemen of The Bizzle cast, welcome back to the Shooting Star Wars series presented by The Bizzle cast, where we talk about everything in front of and behind the scenes of 40 years of Star Wars and beyond. We have another great guest today I'm very excited about. This is an old buddy of mine who I've reconnected with recently um and uh he comes from the camp days and for loyal listeners you know i talk about or mention camp all the time because it was such a great experience and i'm friends with a lot of those people still are reconnected and have had a number of camp friends from adam Dietz to noah temple and other people you've heard on the show uh in recent uh months and years so i'd like to introduce to you a man who is as cool as his name simi Klimo. simi welcome to the Bizzlecast. Jesse, thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm honored, and uh, I've been really excited about this since we started talking. And uh, this is the show you're looking for, people. So <laughs> I hope you're paying attention. Uh, we've got a lot to cover, Simi. Um, really quickly. Absolutely. You are a Midwestern boy, and that's how I kind of got to know you because of my Midwest friends at camp. Are you from Michigan? Yes, uh, born and raised in East Lansing. Spartan Ooh. dogs represent. Yeah. Uh, and I preside in, uh, in the borough of Brooklyn right now, and I've been here for the past 10 years. Awesome. And just to the previous point real quick, as you mentioned, there's a, uh, you know, sort of a camp settlement in your area of Brooklyn all these years later, which is phenomenal. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, it's, it's just exciting to like have the same friends that you had when you were 14 and 13 and like 10, uh, and still be all grown up and they have their kids and we're, you know, making it work and making it happen in BK. So awesome. Uh, awesome. Yeah, it's real great. It's real great out here. Cool. Well, we've got a lot to cover um, today. Obviously, the world of Star Wars is insane right now with everything going on and all the different media. Um, just to tease folks, we're, we're going to dive in fairly soon to talk about um, Star Wars Rebels, which is airing its final season right now and has been really good so far, um, and uh, cl- the Clone Wars series, which led up to it, the new movies coming out, and specifically um, the character and the importance of the character of Ahsoka Tano from the Clone Wars and Rebels and maybe beyond that. Um, and I have a good lead up semi, uh, for that along my line of questioning. So I have a bunch of rapid fire questions to ask you about what, what you like and don't like about Star Wars just for the listeners to get a sense. But I, I always ask my guests first, like, what's your first memory or like a story of either when you first saw Star Wars or when it became important to you or, you know, along those lines? Uh, sure. So, uh, I, I was born to age myself. I was born in 81. So I obviously missed anything of the actual going to the theater, but mm-hmm. I have kind of a, a second best story to actually seeing, you know, 1977, uh, opening night mm-hmm. or something like that with my dad in my dad's like lap. Uh, I was, uh, the video release um, this is before everybody had VHS uh, tapes uh, or DVDs or laser discs or mm-hmm. on demand, any of that stuff. I had, uh, we had the library. It's a place with a bunch of books. <laughs> and for little kids, um, they do movie showings uh, uh-huh. often, uh, usually something educational. But at this point, it was such like a big thing going on. Sure. Um, they were, uh, Jedi had actually 
just come out uh, in 83. And then, so it was the video release of Jedi in 84 as a three-year-old that I remember sitting there with my, uh, with my um, crush from uh, nursery school. And we were sharing a bag of Kit Kats broken in half, uh, <laughs> watching as they rolled out this uh, huge TV. It probably was only 22 inches on a cart uh, and we watched Jedi and, and I hadn't seen the other two movies, but that was definitely a memory I have about, oh, yeah. you know, talking about ready to go there, gearing up with the Kit Kats and like, uh, walking out of there, uh, a change, a changed three-year-old. So, oh. um, you know, I've uh, been in love ever since. Yep. Uh, Return of the Jedi. We'll get back to that. Um, so, all right. So, you ready for some uh, some quick fire uh, questions? I hope um, so. I've been all over the place, like just because I saw Clone Wars so long ago, and just trying to yes. like remember yes. the point of it, and like because uh, it all kind of mushes together in this world with all the prequels, the sequels, and the now. Yes. Uh, yeah, you know. That's a good so, point. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's I'm ready. I think I can do it. Yeah, you can definitely do this. You can definitely do this. And just really quickly, Bizzlecast listener, so the original trilogy was 77 to 83, uh, then home releases throughout the 80s, and then there was sort of what they call the dark times from the late 80s to the late 90s, <laughs> where, where no one knew that there was going to be more movies, and there were some actually really cool games and books, but that was all sort of what they now call the extended universe or legends. Um, and then, of course, we had the prequels from 99 to 2005, which we will get back to, and then... And right after the um, 2005 release of Revenge of the Sith, George Lucas said he was retiring, lied, and then launched an entire animation division as well as a uh, video game division, um, uh, most especially leading to the Clone Wars TV series, which led to the purchase of Disney and everything we have today. So that's the general chronology. So, all right. So here we go. These are pretty basic to start out with. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. <clears throat> Favorite Star Wars movie? Jedi. I, and wait, let me just amend. Um, I've seen Jet. I can't even tell you how many times I've seen Jedi. Me the too. Nostal- the nostalgia involved in it. Yeah, it's our generation. It's not our fair. age it's loves not Return fair. of the Jedi. I love. Yeah. I love what JJ is doing. I love yeah. Rogue One. I love episodes. I mean, I'm really into all of it. It's just, sure. you know, I've probably seen Rogue One ten times. I've probably yeah. seen uh, Force Awakens ten times, and like. You know they're getting into the circuit, but you know, yeah, uh, yeah Jedi. Yeah. I have to. Yeah. I have to go with Jedi. Yeah, this is. Remember, this is just favorite, personal favorite, and I agree. Jedi is definitely my personal favorite. I guess okay. I'm. I'm just saying. You know, if you ask me in a year, I might say Rogue One. You know what yeah. I mean? Like a lot of people died for this information. So it's possible. Uh, yeah. it's possible. You know, it's hard to neglect that. So, okay. anyways, continue. Right. This isn't even rapid fire, as I. No, no, no. This is great. This is great. This leads right. great into. Right. Well, this is really more of like one A than two. <laughs> I'm is ready. I'm ready. Return of the Jedi, the best Star Wars movie, and if not, what is the best Star Wars movie? Well, it's really just being challenged. Uh, I think it, in my, you know, I could make arguments for every single one of them because, like, Jedi doesn't make sense without A New Hope. And then, you know, Empire right. is great. But, like, um, yeah, I mean, again, I need to de- dig into it. Considering the money, the, the means and technology, how it mm-hmm. still holds up in my mm-hmm. mind. Um, yeah, I still, I still think it's the best not, and and I still love these new ones. Um, so they just haven't, 
necessarily won me over to where I'm going to be like, that's the best one. But I mean, considering the tools, you know, Lucas had at the time, uh, and still made such a great movie. Uh, you know, I just, it's still Jedi to me. Uh, All I have to say is if Luke Skywalker is your favorite character, then Luke in the black with the green lightsaber is the best Luke Skywalker. And there's no question about it. (laughs) Beginning to end, the most badass performance of all time and all this gray Jedi stuff, which we'll talk about later was being channeled in that character in that movie. It's actually a very dark movie. People think is of the Ewoks that it's not, but if you take out the Ewoks, it's actually darker than empire, like significantly darker and deep and deeper. I mean, you're talking about grappling with your father, you know, on so, I mean, you don't have to look at it like the obvious conversation they're having you know you could make it simpler and compare it to your own simple life you know it's not like your father's killing younglings and like wanting to rule the world but i mean it's it's a father-son grapple and and darth you know in the end uh you know anakin kind of prevails and like you know what we were watching that you sent me a great clip the other day and and only the love of you know his son could really do something and that i mean the power of father and son and all that stuff i mean Mm -hmm. that's it's deep you know it's real deep I mean, he literally looks the emperor in the eye with a smile and says, soon I'll be dead and you with me. You're like, whoa, that was Luke Skywalker as a kid. You know, you're like, what just happened? Yep. Uh, yeah. You watch so, him grow, you watch him grow uh, up right before your eyes. You know? mm-hmm. All right. So this next question, I don't want to dwell on the why, because we're going to get back to this more generally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to ask it. Worst Star Wars movie. And you can't say the prequels. You have to give me a movie. So it can't be one, two, or three. Or no, 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 no. It can be one. Two. It has to be one, two, or th- I'm assuming one, two, or three. But some people just say the prequels. Like, has to be. Oh, I have to say specifically. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going to say three. Uh, wow. And I'll tell you why. It huh. redeems itself because you get to watch the making of Vader, but mm-hmm. the rest of the movie is trash. So, I mean, like, Interesting. you don't know why. Like, the reasoning that Anakin, like, it's like, it gives the Emperor so much credit as being this manipulative force and gives Anakin one of the greatest Jedis ever, right. you know, this, like, like he's a child or, like, uh, mm-hmm. he's a stormtrooper and, and he's just like, oh, whatever you say, you know? Mm-hmm. So they forget the whole Ahsoka thing, which we can get into later. And, like, that, to me, is the real reason where he started to, like, question the Jedi, which is another thing that, you know, I could divulge into about questioning you know, just making it, cl- is it so clear that the good and the bad and all that? Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, they, they, they redeem themselves in the end of the movie by showing all this cool transition. But the movie was like this love story with, with, with Padme and blah, blah, blah. And it was redundant. Yeah, that was really more in the second one. I think Attack of the Clones is unwatchable because of the sappy love story. I hate sand and they're having the picnic. and I do the- hate that stuff too, but I like the yeah. end of that. Because you get to see the full force of Jedi's, That's even though true. they're like so, which you never really get to That's indulge true. in uh, in any. It's kind of like the Royal. I'm not a big WWF guy, but when I was a kid, I was. But it's like the Royal Rumble. Like it's yeah. not a real match. Like none of them are. I'm not saying they are, but you know they're all there, and like yeah. you get to like see them all in like in mm-hmm. the wars, and 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 that gets me back to like. You know, I think Clone Wars should have been more of a thing than... You just like Natalie Portman with the midriff. That's all I'm going to say. Long Island girls. <laughs> Long Island Israeli Jews. You got to Jews, I know. I know. Right? Yeah. Um, 
just as a quick aside, I, I was having a conversation recently. Uh, I, I'm, you know, super into like behind the scenes stuff, just in general in Hollywood these days. And like looking like Natalie Portman is like like a criteria for new actresses now. So like if you see a lot of young actresses looking like Natalie Portman, yeah. You know? Stranger Things. We were talking about that before. The thing, actually, mm. the, the, one of the main girls in Stranger Things is like Natalie Portman in high school. Like yeah. she, and she's like the main hot girl, and mm-hmm. like, uh, and she, you know, she's the one, like, you know, the main love interest and the the, the cute, nerdy, smart, you know, uh, girl. I don't. Yeah, I mean, just yeah. uh, what, what's it, the, the, the the pixie. <laughs> there's like a term for this type of girl but hey uh speaking of which quick trivia question in episode one who was actually amidala while natalie portman was padme who played that character oh i thought you meant like who is sabi uh she's famous now i don't know that's a great question kira knightley really yep what? if you watch Keir knightley as amidala for most of the movie i mean there's one part where it's clearly natalie portman but whenever Keira there's knightley. like a long shot yeah it's Keir knightley oh, yeah. mm-hmm. that's impressive they have the exact same facial structure and actually daisy ridley in certain angles also looks like them but that's for another time speaking of daisy <laughs> ridley this is going to be a tough one for you maybe mm-hmm. <clears throat> i love both of these movies i think you love both of these movies but there can only be one the Force Awakens or Rogue One, a Star Wars story? It's tough because it, you know Rogue One ends. You know what I mean? It, it, yeah. it, just as a movie, well, as, as like it's just like a personal favorite, like artistically. So here's my thing. Okay. I really have a hard time watching the world end and. Mm. Uh, knowing the world will end and watching everybody die. That's just tough, you know, mm-hmm. like, so to have love for such, I mean, pain is hard because it's such a more drama. And the other one is more hope. You know what I mean? You know, re- mm-hmm. rebellions are built on hope, but like it, it's tough. I'm going to say the force awakens, but, but a lot because I'm excited to see the expansion of the characters. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what Finn becomes. Cause like, we don't even know who he is. Like, we don't know if he's a Jedi, yet he knows how to wield the saber, you know? Like, we don't, we don't know all these things, and you know there's going to be another one, and they end it great, and, you know, you know Luke's back and all of that. So, and the whole yeah. point is finding Luke. So, there's so much more about a series that I like, and a completion about a series. So, it's hard for me to say this is a better movie than the other, you know? Because that, that's what's holding me back. Well, here's, here's, how I, here's how I say it, or justify it to myself, is Force Awakens... It's definitely more rewatchable. It's more fun. And over three plus movies, those characters are going to be obviously way more dimensional and legendary and classic than Rogue One. However, from a purely artistic standpoint, I think Rogue One is bordering on a transcendent cinematic achievement. And I wouldn't say that about the force awakens especially because jj abrams did it better in the star trek reboot in 2009 like force awakens in my opinion isn't even his best movie and i love force awakens so that's how i justify it well you also the other thing that's not fair for the force awakens is the force awakens wasn't up against you know a new hope and and that that tier it was up against the, the garbage so 
yep. you know, it, 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 it wasn't this thing that it had to overcome. Like, and I think also it tamed the movie that people were like, you know, let's make a good piece of cake with some frosting, not this mm. awful piece of cake that we spent all this time making and then all these design everything. And like at the end, it's still just a crappy piece of cake. You know, like let's make a good piece of cake with some nice frosting and let's let's not let's not kill it beat a dead horse. We don't need this crazy world to be created to mm-hmm. make it what it is. Like the content is great, the story is great, the characters are great. I think and personally that's what I want more of. I don't want mm-hmm. more you know uh, uh speeder chases in an urban city and uh you know uh Jar Jar Binks land. It's just it's like he spent all that time creating those worlds that no one cares about, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Who do you think is the most underrated Star Wars character a- across all the movies in terms of your perception of their coolness versus, you know, how much or little attention, you know, they get? Uh, I, I, think, it's, I think it's Darth Maul. Uh, he doesn't say anything. He has like a zero backstory in the movie. And, and this is the movies of course, versus yes. uh, rebels and clone wars about yes. what they left out. Yeah. And I just, I just think everything about him uh, is so much more interesting than Jar Jar Binks. So you take the whole Jar Jar Binks out and just make the Jar Jar Binks thing, like the end where they need to go get help from the other city and then get into Darth's backstory about being recruited as, you know, the new Sith and the new, like, and like replace. I mean, there's so many things you could have done with it. His backstory is great. He's almost like a poet in both Rebels and, uh, like, you feel his pain as, like, a Shakespearean poet of, like, his longing to, for his revenge and his obsessions and mm-hmm. his death, his life. And they don't, they don't get into anything about that in any of the movies, and you just assume he's dead, you know? And, that, and that's that. Like, he gets cut in half. He says, I think he says two words. And that was only because the guy who did it was, um, he wasn't an actor. He was a martial arts expert. Ray and Park. So, yeah. Right, and they really didn't want to, which was silly. Like, you could have just, it was, his face was painted. They could have been different people. Like, who cares? Like, he could be the stuntman and have an actor do the acting and get into his story. Like, his story, I mean, the darkness in his story really gets into also the division of the Sith. Like, and that it's not this dark and the light. It's just not so clean cut. And they try to tell you that in all the movies. It's clouded. It's clouded. It's clouded. It's not not so – but they're not specific about what they mean by it's clouded, you know? Like, it's clouded as to what is dark and what is light. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, I'd say Dark Maul. Yeah, very, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> no lines. You have no idea who he is. He just looks scary as fuck. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's all you get from him, considering, you know, how much more you have to offer. So. Yeah. Okay. And this is a perfect transition into the larger topic, which sure. will lead very shortly to Ahsoka. So. The prequels. So, in the last number of years, but especially in the last year or two, um, with the Star Wars Rebirth, I have been forced to reconsider not the prequel movies themselves, which are still mostly unwatchable. I actually am okay with most of Revenge of the Sith. I will watch Revenge of the Sith occasionally. I can't even watch the other two. It's just infuriating. So, I will watch Revenge of the Sith. 
I actually like episode one. Because yeah, it's okay. I, I hate Anakin. I just hate the yeah. whole right. way they portray Anakin in the yes. other movies. But when he's a kid, it's like yep. that that made a little bit more sense to me. Anyway. Yes. Yep. So I'm going to give you three reasons, and you can jump in any time, why I have re-examined, for us to sort of re-examine uh, my own thoughts about the legacy of the prequels. And as I wrote you the other night, the things that came out of the legacy of the prequels, like Ahsoka and the Clone Wars, I don't think that we have the current renaissance with Disney without it. Now, I, I, want to, I want to preface this by saying I'm not claiming that the movies are better than we, we think they are. They're not good. But I have three points here, and I'm going to throw it to you, but you can jump in at any time, mm-hmm. about, about why I think it's important that we reconsider the prequels, okay? All right, I'm ready. All right, here we go. One, world building. There are more planets in the first 10 minutes of The Phantom Menace <laughs> than in all of the original series. You know, I mean, it's very quaint, the original trilogy now, but they barely spend any time on more than a handful of planets. And it's the magic of filmmaking that makes the galaxy seem big, but for the most part, it's quite small, um, but, you know, by sort of today's standards. And while we may not like all the planets and all the peoples and all the shiny ships and everything of the prequels, just the, you know, time and money sunk into expanding those worlds, you know, to the point where the new Star Wars Battlefront 2 game, like... Like, one of the major levels is Naboo, and you can, like, play as an attack droid. Like, does that interest me? Not really, but the fact that it's still on the table after all these years is amazing, you know? That, that, and the planets that we do care about, like Mandalore, right? Like uh, whatever Darth Maul's planet is with the Night Sisters and uh, Savage, um, I can never remember, like the whole Mortis story in the Clone mm-hmm. Wars. Like Those mm-hmm. were either directly talked about or came out of the literature around the prequels that then appeared in the Clone Wars and then Rebels and so forth going forward. So just the world building, that's an easy one to get out of the way. You know, expansions of the Star Wars world, fine. There's, that's some, great, there's some great content in all of it. It's just yes. what they chose to focus on. Like, they have that pod rate. I follow sleep at the pod race every time oh really every people time. love the pod race interesting yeah but if you've seen it and you've already seen it it's just yeah. you know it's like seven minutes and like you're just sitting there you know and like the end where he throws the you know he wins and it's cool but like yeah you know it, and the same thing with it just gets it's, you know i didn't like certain parts of some of the matrix when he's just sitting there fighting mr smith it's like how many times can you fight the same guy? Like I, the same kind of thing. The redundancy in and like or the pot or the speeder scene when he's chasing down the the assassin. Uh, oh. You know he spent all that time. I hate and that. It, yeah, he spent all. I, I actually like the part where they, she gets shot with the dart and like and I did like the homage to uh, a new hope where it's basically the same bar scene. Like yes, you know that's kind of cool but you know but the whole chase scene is like it's so elaborate just to show off this technology and it Mm -hmm. just takes away from things in reality that that's what makes things not hold up in my mind Mm -hmm. um and not not want to watch but you're right i mean it's it's 
look, I, I, I don't care when there's at some level in movies when there's a bad uh, episode, a bad sequel, like because I like the whole story. Like if I like the story, I want to hear more about it. Like I want to, even if there's flaws in this episode, even if there's just flaws in this 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 one movie. Like I, I want them there, and the con. So I can't argue with you. The content is important. It's just the, the movies are you know over two hours long each. It's a hundred, I don't know, thirty minutes, thirty three minutes, or one hundred and forty minutes each one of those. And so it's like two hours, and like uh, you know, a lot of it was look at my sci fi ability, and it it just wasn't important to. Yeah what they could have been doing with those three. But yeah, sure. I'm not arguing that. There is great content in all of them. Absolutely. So, okay. So the second and third kind of lead into each other. So the second point, this is a historical, uh, not just a historical observation, but this is a truth because I listen to a ton of Star Wars podcasts. I read a ton of Star Wars blogs. And many of them, more and more, especially in the last two years, are young people and women young women like people in their early 20s to mid 20s and they grew up with the prequels and these are smart people they acknowledge that there's tons of flaws but they grew up as kids and george lucas has said a million times i make these movies for eight-year-olds and we can make of that what we will but what's crazy is it worked I'm not saying it should have worked. I'm not saying the movies couldn't have been a thousand times better. But the combination, and this is going to lead into my third point, and then we have a wider discussion. The combination of the prequels and then what came out of the prequels with the Clone Wars and Ahsoka really rallied a whole new generation as well as a huge female fan base to Star Wars that hadn't been there before. Because if you look at the Clone Wars, even though it didn't launch until 2008, it was hatched starting in 05, right after Revenge of the Sith, which actually did well at the box office. Revenge of the Sith made like a billion dollars, which was way more than Attack of the Clones. I saw it at the theater. I went, yeah, of course. I mean, because yeah. at that point, the following was strong. And like, yeah. And people wanted you know, to see the Vader transformation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like I said, it's that it's that uh, gratuitous ending of the transformation that, like, yeah. really, people. And I think people forget how bad a movie was because of yeah. that. Because that end is awesome. I mean, I, I mean that 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 fight, the Obi Wan fight, you know, the transformation, the whole thing that that was great. I, I mean, that was a great fight scene. That was. Great. But George Lucas will never say that he made a mistake on on anything. But it's so transparent when he tries to make a corrective to a mistake. And before we get to Ahsoka, though, she's a part of this. The number one corrective he made with the Clone Wars, which was set between episodes two and three with the actual Clone Wars, which we thought the prequels were going to be about, right. <laughs> uh, ended up being in the cartoon. What was the biggest change? He turned Anakin Skywalker from an annoying, sniveling, murderous douchebag to like a very like honorable upright relatable you know a guy with with a almost han solo kind of roguish charm and gave him a young female padawan to help humanize him more absolutely and 
of all the characters that they brought, like, you know, the James Arnold Taylor, who does Obi-Wan's voice in Clone Wars, is doing a straight-up Ewan McGregor. You know? Yeah, he's just um, mocking him. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And, uh, well, he has great respect for him, but that was, you know. That's, I didn't mean mocking like that. He's no, just, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. They're paying oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. he does a good impression. You know, yeah, right. and um, and Catherine Tabor, Cat Tabor, who does Padme's voice, who's also done Leia's voice in the past, is channeling like the stronger, more empowered side of Natalie Portman as Padme, and they give her a much more important role. But it's undeniable that the change to Anakin's look, attitude, and personality was massive in the Clone Wars. And so I think that helps solidify the people who either A, already liked the prequels because they were kids, but you can now get behind these characters even more, and B, people who had been lost by the prequels of our generation uh, and then brought back in the Clone Wars with a much, 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 much more appealing version of Anakin, especially when you bring in the character of Ahsoka. So I just threw a whole lot at you there. But I, I just wanted to point out that I, it's been because of all these developments, I've had to reassess the way I looked at the prequels from a historical perspective. Is this making sense at all, or I am, off, am no, I off my fucking rocker? I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you. I think. I think... Uh, you know, it's a chicken and egg question, you know, like, like, sure. you know, we couldn't have gotten, I guess we, I would like to have seen a movie between two and three or, you know, a combination of where, you know, there, he's really reflected in the Clone Wars. But would he have gotten to the revelation of of this relationship with his with, with you know, with, with Vader's Padawan and would he have gotten there without, you know, the world, the, the world, the world that he created there? And sure. also. I hate to bring this up, but that world wasn't – those three movies were at some level created in vain. He lost a lot of his – Lucas lost a lot of his money in a divorce, and that's what really kind of pushed his money – or his, his, his interest to, to reopen the project. And then, you know, he just kind of made it, like, versus I think the thought process of the worlds and the evolution of what, what you could do with it, um, you know, was Dude, done. I, I, I'm sorry. I have to jump in. The budget for the Clone Wars episodes is like ten times the budget for a Rebels episode. You can just tell by watching it. Rebels yeah. is better, in my opinion. But to say George Lucas was doing a money grab with the Clone Wars on Cartoon Network, I that's the, the thing. Of all the criticisms no, 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 of saying, George Lucas, I, I just want to point this out. And I'm not saying you. I just want to make this clear because I'm not sure I've said this before on the podcast. Of all the criticisms of George Lucas, him being greedy should be way down your list because he really is obsessed with putting out what he considers to be awesome content. And I agree with that. What I'm saying is I wasn't talking about the clone wars. I think he made the clone wars, like oh, you said, to fix, oh, okay. to Sorry. fix the, the, yes. the prequels. And he made yes. the prequels because, and I'm not saying it was a money grab. I'm saying he didn't really, people said you can make some money from this and he needed some money at the time. And it's a project that he didn't necessarily want to continue. That's all. Like, and at the time, they're like, well, there's a, there's a calling for it. And if you want to keep going to continue this, you, you can. You know, like, and he was like, okay. I don't, I'm not saying he didn't put his heart into one, two, and three. And I'm not saying he didn't try or anything like that. I'm just saying he wasn't necessarily going to go into, back into the project if he didn't lose a lot of money. So there was a big opportunity to make three movies mm-hmm. and you know continue something that he wanted to do before and there was a more of an incentive but mm-hmm. i do agree with you where you're saying that you know 
Clone, Clone Wars is correcting a lot of what 1, 2, and 3 maybe should have been. And I think 1, 2, and 3 were just a focus thing. I think, I think, I don't think there's anything wrong with a lot of what he did. I just think it was a focus issue. Like, he focused on the wrong characters. He thought, like you said, he makes things for eight-year-olds. He thought everybody would just love Jar Jar Binks, and that would be a thing. Um, and he does pull Jar Jar more and more out of things, you know, as it goes, because it wasn't a big hit. But that's what he kind of thought, and he concentrated on it. So that you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's no, it's a chicken in the egg. You know, you can't get to the content and the quality of what he did in Clone Wars if you don't do one, two, or three. You know, like you, you don't get to think about the worlds that way. You don't get to divulge into them as as much as as much as you'd like to. You know, without one, two, and three, because it, it's really like I said earlier. I really enjoy a good world where they're creating it and making it consistent and continuing all these interesting storylines in, in the, in the Republic and in the overall galaxy. Yeah. I also think as sort of an addendum to what I said, um, then we'll continue on and start talking about Ahsoka that the hardcore Star Wars fans, you know, some at least have softened on, like, I feel like after 2005, we just wanted to wipe our hands clean of everything post-1983 and, like, pretend like it never happened. I think there's definitely been a softening. And while Disney has gone out of their way to not highlight Jar Jar and stuff like that, there's been a lot of prequel references. I mean, Rogue One doesn't happen without the prequels. Rebels doesn't happen without the prequels. J.J. Abrams made numerous subtle references to the prequels in Force Awakens. If I don't know how closely you watch the Ryan Johnson trailer, but there are at least two or three shots, at least from the Last Jedi trailer, that are straight out of the prequels, including the overhead into the throne room, like when he's killing the younglings. Actually, man, when I was watching fan reactions to the Last Jedi trailer when it dropped, was it a month ago? Monday mm-hmm. Night Football? That mm-hmm. very first shot where you're like well behind looking at the back of Kylo Ren, looking at the, uh, the uh, First Order Navy, like mm-hmm. half the people were like, is that Anakin? Like, people really thought that was Anakin. And that's actually what I said after Force Awakens. When he takes off that mask for the first time, I'm like, okay, they're clearly going for an Anakin parallel here. I don't care what J.J. Abrams says, and I don't care how I feel about Hayden Christensen. But it's clear that, you know, Kylo Ren worships his grandfather, Darth Vader, who's Anakin Skywalker. They've got the hair. They've got the pouty emo anger thing going on. I mean, there's no way that's a coincidence. You're a Philadelphia guy. Kobe never said that he tried to walk like Michael Jordan or talk like Michael Jordan, but he fucking did. Yes. You know know what I mean? (laughs) So, you know, I think there it's his grandfather and and not only it's his grandfather, it's his, it's his hero. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. There's going to be essence lingering everywhere. And I mean, and it's it's not only is his grandfather and his hero, it's it's his obsession. You know, he's Mm -hmm. obsessed with it. So it's a whole other thing for him. So like, it, it, it's not necessarily them telling him to be like Anakin. It's it's kind of Ren, you know, trying to be, you know, like it's like dark, you know. Yeah, right. I'm just talking about the, the from the filmmaking standpoint. Yeah. They're clearly, yeah. and that's look. This is really just a study of human memory, you know, which is that regardless of what people say, in terms of psychology. Over time, people tend to remember the good sides of things over the bad sides of things. Scripting. 
Yeah, and when you put it through the filter of the Clone Wars, <laughs> where you have a much cooler Anakin Skywalker, and all you have to do is remember the face of Hayden Christensen without any of his terrible <laughs> acting. Right. Although, I will say, I blame George a thousand percent. I'm not going to blame Hayden Christensen for being miscast and misdirected, because people had a negative reaction to Natalie Portman, and now she's won Academy Award and is one of the best actresses in Hollywood. So, you know, I, I'm putting, and I think George, if you put his feet to the fire, would, would take full responsibility for it. And by the way, dude, what did George do after Star Wars 1, after New Hope? He gave over the directorial and writing job to a bunch of Jewish guys, right? Kaz, right. Kaz, Kazan and Kushner. So right. if the new movies were a money grab, as you assert, or as someone else has asserted, why would he direct and write them? Why wouldn't, if it's just the property to make money, why wouldn't he let someone else take care of that while he took care of his personal business and he would just be the guy coming up? Because during the Clone Wars, man, like Ahsoka was his idea. Like Dave Filoni, you know, who's behind all this animation stuff, he drew Ahsoka. He came up with the Ahsoka design and had to write for it. But the conception of Ahsoka, the conception of Anakin having a 14-year-old female Padawan was George's idea. So that's that's my challenge to that whole theory. I'm saying more so... Uh, it's like a band comes out with an album and they're like, huh, the people like that one. Okay. You know, right. we'll keep playing it, you know? And I'm not saying they didn't love no, the song good. and they didn't love writing it. Yep. It's just, you know, uh, there's a great story about, uh, Eminem, you know, understanding, you know, that it, although he wants to be a rapper, he is actually a pop musician. Like he, he makes popular music and that's, that's what he does, you know? So mm-hmm. like, Two girls go round me outside, round me outside. It's not poetic. It's not who he is. It's some music that he makes that people are going to like, and he, he liked making it. Yeah. You know, so that's what I think. They were just like, people really like this one, so we're going to make it the single. And he's right. like, and he's like, really? That's going to be the single? Well, I mean, all right. Yeah. You know, so that, that's more what I mean. I'm just saying if he had to rate his work, and what he wanted to do next, you know, in, in 1999 or 1997 when they started filming or whatever, and yeah. someone came to him and they're like, they're going to pay you this much to do this franchise and they're going to, you know, blow it up. You know, like, do you want to do it? He's probably like, really? That single? All right. Uh, all right. I'll do it. Yeah. You know, like, and, and, and enjoyed doing it. He just didn't think it was the one that was going to catch on. That's all. That, that's how I look at it. And, uh-huh. and it's, and it's due to mention that like, you know, you want to jump on something that's long-term if you're not short-term, like basketball contracts, LeBron's down to go with one year, you know, somebody who just came out of college is not, you know, yeah. um, you know, obviously there's, there's different things in the NBA and you get three-year contracts or blah, 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 yeah. but that's the whole point. That, that's, yeah. that's the whole point. You get, you get mm-hmm. time to eventually make those contracts on your terms. So I'm just saying Maybe he had another offer on the table for one movie for this amount of time versus a franchise three, you know, with all the other endorsements they were talking about and we we're going to do to re-release this. So he's like, okay, we'll go make that. Fine. And like, and he was happy to make it. I'm just saying yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he said, you know, at the time I really wanted to go make this, you know, and, but this came up and what was I going to do? Say no to three, three films over one and blah, blah, blah. No, sure. It more has to do with him being the active director and writer. When the the of the original trilogy, the movie he had the least 
uh, input on day to day was The Empire Strikes Back, which is considered one of the best movies of all time. And so, you know, he can't be oblivious to that. I, I like the music comparison because that, that's the thing with the old classic rock bands like The Doors or The Who. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, you like this last album? Well, guess what? We're going to do something completely different, and you're probably going to hate it. <laughs> <laughs> or Metallica. Or Pharrell, yeah. for that matter. Or Lil yeah. Wayne, for that matter. He's right. like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a surfer yeah. kind of different album than regular rap music. You know, All right, gonna, we'll, 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 we'll have to revisit the uh, George Lucas psychology, <laughs> which is endless, endlessly fascinating. So why don't you take us into the Clone Wars? So just really quickly, I saw Rogue One. I had heard Rebels was cool. Not usually into animated Pixar type stuff, but everyone kept telling me it was cool, and it took place right before Rogue One. Got really into Rebels, binged the whole thing numerous times, and then was like, you know what? I need the Clone Wars just for the mythology because it is canon, and I've heard about this Ahsoka character, and I met Ahsoka in season two of Rebels and thought she was great. I didn't know anything about her other than people were obsessed with her. Went back, watched the Clone Wars. It's actually quite good. It's just exhausting because these battle scenes just go on and on and on and on. It's, that it's is just, true. That, it's that's sort of mentally of, exhausting. Yeah. You could, so, condense the con- that, you could condense the content, and then there's a couple throwaway episodes every yeah. you know, three or four, R2-D2 and you know, C-3PO will go out on a yeah, you know, or Jar Jar and Mace Windu. It's just a travesty. Oh, um, right, right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> so yeah. They have to solve a crime together. Yeah, right. Jar Jar's um, lost love. That was a good yeah, one. Yeah. Oh right. God, we, right. no, we don't want to go. We don't want to go there. We're not going to go there. Gonna, okay. So I'm going to phrase this as a question. So when did you get into the Clone Wars? And were you aware of the fact that people used to hate Ahsoka? Um, before you started watching, what was your initial reaction to Ahsoka, and how did she become one of your favorite, if not your favorite character? And, and uh, well, yeah, I'll start there. So, um, as I've told you before, I the one thing I collect is Star Wars Pez. I have mm-hmm. a pretty solid Star Wars Pez collection, <laughs> and so I'm have one to of put the that picture up, yeah. Uh, and they've, and actually thanks to Disney, the toys and like what they do now, like there's just so many more options for fun things and they're mm-hmm. releasing more and more Pez like at a, at a faster rate than they did before, obviously because the movies are all coming in now, but they're, they're releasing more of them and all this. So, so Ahsoka was, was one of the ones that like, I didn't have any relationship of the character, but like when the, when the collection was smaller, she was one of the cooler looking Pez. And then, so I decided to do research on Ahsoka. And her story is, like, it's just so blunt. It's so fascinating and just so interesting. And, like, I mean, to me, like we just were talking about, that's really, like, what I was saying and hinting at about what Anakin is is really mad about. And what I think really pushes him over to the dark side is him questioning the Jedi. And questioning like what they're doing and, 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 and why they're doing it and what their process is. And so, you know, I, I, I went on to it on my own and then I found Clone Wars just because of like what Netflix brings to the table. Like, yeah, totally. you know, like, you know, it was like almost an accident. Like, I think they suggested it to me. And then um, I think there had already been three seasons out. I can't remember the exact timeline of when I got into it and then versus like waiting for episodes to come out or whatever. Yeah. Uh, they keep but, saying, by the way, they're going to take it off and it never leaves, which is great. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, thank you, Netflix. Thank you. Because uh, yeah. I, I, I put it on in the background. Like, it's like, a, you know, I'll just put on some episodes. Uh, I'm more into Rebels now. And actually, I could even get into, like, switching over to the different, like, artists from Rebels to or from Clone Wars to Rebels. But, like, I didn't think I'd like Rebels at first because the art seemed softer, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Pick, and, it's very Pixar-y, no doubt about it. Yeah. yeah, which isn't bad, but it's just different. And, like, I thought it would be a little childish and, like, how do I tell my fiancé that I'm watching cartoons and how do I justify that as a 36-year-old man and not be, you know, whatever. But anyways, it's great. The, the relationships, the stories, um, there is a lot of uh, lasers and overuse of little fight scenes, but that's the, it's, a, it's a war. It's the Clone Wars. They're always strategically you know, getting into it. But not only did I love the relationship uh, with Ahsoka and, um, and Anakin, I really love it like with fives, you know, and like just the overall clones and how Ugh. you don't, you don't, so cool. when you're a kid, when you're a kid, you don't, um, you don't really know, know what a, you know, these stormtroopers are. And, and in Awakens, they take the mask off and they get into it more, but you don't know that they're really people. And you learn that later um, you know, until you watch the sequels, you know, like what, where clones come from. So they don't really get value as like an actual loss or whatever. And the way Anakin and, and Ahsoka like value them as actual people and individuals and they have to give them names and have relationships with them. And then later on Rex. in Rebels, yeah, yeah, Rex and Fives and all those guys, you know, like D Bradley all- Baker is the genius voice actor. Oh, he um, does all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, <laughs> if you search D Bradley, Bradley Baker and James Arnold Taylor, who does Obi-Wan and Plo Koon and a bunch of the mm-hmm. other voices, the two of them during takes in the studios would just do like impression, ridiculous, impression, ridiculousness. I just want to add, man, I want you to keep going. I'm sure you're aware of this. Unlike 99% of voice acting gigs in Clone Wars and Rebels, the main characters are in the studio together recording this dialogue. It's not one at a time. Like when there's emotional really? scenes between Obi Wan and Anakin and Ahsoka, like they're, they're there and they're yeah. like crying, you know, like during the final arc. Spoiler alert of the last full season, season five, where Ahsoka gets wrongly accused of a crime and decides to leave the Jedi Order, and what's one of the great arcs ever and in Star Wars? Be- and she leaves him. And yeah, she she, she said right. like. Ashley Eckstein, who plays the voice, was said that they were just like they had a really hard time getting through that day because everyone was just sad on so many levels. But keep going. Yeah, that's such a that's such a turn. I mean, when the, when they do that, but um, and also wait really quickly um, because of the secrecy, they don't see any of their lines before they get to the studio, but. They have Dave Filoni, who's the producer and director of all this stuff from the beginning, basically a disciple of George, who started the Clone Wars and Rebels and now runs animation at Lucasfilm Disney. Um, I should say Lucasfilm's animation division. He was there for every recording session. And so even though, so they would come in early in the morning, they would see the script for the first time. And then Dave Filoni, who's like a Star Wars encyclopedia, would walk them through all the backstory and all the stuff they needed to know. They'd have plenty of time for rehearsal and then they would just do it all together. So it was like a really different experience than like, you're doing a video game, you have a thousand lines, learn them all and come in for three days, record by yourself, leave, bye-bye. Right, right. Wow. I actually did not know yeah. all of that. But I mean, yeah. that makes it I mean, and that's, you know, I guess maybe that gives me more of an excuse to tell my fiance why I'm watching cartoons that it's actually real acting than it's just animated. Oh, yeah. But, 
but you know, I mean, you, you actually see those relationships and like that they're, they're all people. And, um, you know, what Ahsoka as a, uh, you know, as a leader and what she's doing to make such a mature decision, um, you know, it really, it really makes you think about like, you know, I've heard a bunch of fan theories and a bunch of different things about like, again, we, we say what is dark, what is light, what is good, what is bad, you know, she gets left and they did something not so nice. And like their process was not cool. Like, like you can't, she was not treated fairly and she, she's supposed to be this boss. She's supposed Mm -hmm. to be like all the other Padawans are looking like Ahsoka Tana. Lady Tana is like the one who is doing this, Mm -hmm. you know? And she's like, like everybody else is looking at her. Cause like, it's all these like Jedi councilmen and, you know, Anakin, apparently the, the, uh, prophesized, uh, best powerful, you know, you know, one to balance the force, and that's you his battle one. Chosen one, Anakin. You were supposed to bring balance to the force. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's his padawan, and they treat her like common crook. You know, the fact that at they the let end, her go- at the end. To you be know, fair, for most of the series, she's a fourteen-year-old commanding legions of, of <laughs> clone troopers. But that's my point. That's my point. And at the end, it I think it's. It, you, you just look at the Jedi Council like this, almost just as corrupt as the other. And, and, you know, they didn't know the dark force that was leading them as it was clouded or whatever. And they, they obviously didn't mean to do it. But right. it's such a farce as to what the wolves pulled over the Jedi. And, and, and they, like, turn their back on their own. Not only their own. Like, this is, this is the valedictorian. This is, this is the captain of the cheerleading squad. This is the captain of the soccer team. This is the cat. You know, this is the girl. And you're just like, well, it doesn't look good. I guess we'll just have to let them decide. It's like, yeah. you know, like, what? Like, and I think yeah. that's when, when Anakin started to see how political, you know, uh, the Jedi were and how manipulated mm-hmm. they were. That's what – he wasn't wrong. Yep. <laughs> you know, he wasn't wrong. He just got tricked in the end. But he wasn't wrong. There was something wrong with the way they were handling things. And you you know this because I just sent you the video, but uh, Dave Filoni and Pablo Hidalgo of the Lucasfilm Story Group, along with Ashley Eckstein, who voiced uh, or who voices, I should say, Ahsoka, great sat down, at, yeah, great sat down great, at Celebration either this year or last year at Star Wars Celebration and talked for an hour with drawings and everything about what her arc was going to be in season six and seven. And they consider it canon. And actually, if you read the Ahsoka novel, which is actually pretty good, although you for sure should get the audiobook because Ashley Eckstein reads the whole Ahsoka book. Oh, that's all I do. I only do audio. I drive around all day for work, so I I listen to audio. Well, if you like Ahsoka, if you like Ashley and you like Ashley Eckstein, you got to do this one. It's great. Oh, no. I was just saying, it's my next. I'm doing Pettigrew and the. A peculiar people it's, it's it's right there i'm gonna throw nice. it on there like in a minute yeah so um so anyways the, the the big thing that was supposed to happen was that she was going to return 
uh, as an ally, if not a Jedi, during the Siege of Mandalore, which is a big final battle versus Darth Maul, who had taken over Mandalore and, you know, murdered Obi-Wan's lover, Dutch, the Duchess Satine, and done all sorts of the horrible Duchess stuff. Satine, right. And, um, and Anakin and Obi-Wan basically leave her in charge, even though she has no mandate, but Rex and the clones are so loyal to her that she doesn't even need a rank, and she single-handedly takes down Maul and ends the Siege of Mandalore, and then immediately Order 66 happens, and other than you know Rex and a couple of them who had taken out their uh, brain things, all the clones start going after her, and she has to go on the run, and uh, the last thing she heard, you know, Anakin was going back to the temple to protect the Chancellor, and it's not till the end of uh, Rebel Season 2. Um, so that would have been a, a cool arc to, to, to bring all around, but dude, the fact that she's 14 and a girl... They never really talk about it, you know, and I think it's good that they don't talk about it. It's great. I'll tell you why. Yeah. Look, if you look at the 70s when they came this when this came out, Leia's character is a strong female character. Like, she she holds guns. She's telling, you know, Han, like what to do. Like, she's running the ship like from the start as a female character, which is rare for the 70s. And, you know. Uh, and Padme, same same thing. Yeah. She's 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 wielding a gun. She's going with him into this this rogue town to to like see how it is to be a real political re- leader. Sorry, that's another point in favor of Episode One. Is Natalie yeah. Portman gets to be the best in Episode One for sure? Yeah, yeah, I think that, and I think uh, well, she Anakin's just a boy, so he she doesn't have to do the same give and take. You know, like she can be the strong character and he can be like a child who's a decent actor. Like it's hard to find kids okay, that age okay. who can act. Okay. I'm, so I'm pulling, I'm pulling the bizzle here and we're going to sidebar for a second. Okay. Got it. We're going to sidebar. Can we agree that Natalie Portman was not miscast, but was just misdirected by George Lucas? Can we agree on that? I don't think she was that bad. I, people give no, her no, a no, bad no. Rap. I'm saying any faults in the character development. Yeah. Or not. It's not unlike Hayden Christensen, who's just not a good actor. Correct. Clearly, she was acting her butt off. I don't care what anyone says. I totally, I totally agree with that. And I, I like it when she's all painted up and all that, and like doing that straight face. Like that's not easy. Yeah. So anyway. that's not easy, and that's part of Star Wars. People's wooden dialogue. I'm sorry. Get used to it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. B. B. I 100% buy both Anakin and Hayden's attraction to Padme slash Natalie Portman. And I do not buy the reverse of either the actress or the character. And honestly, man, I think Hayden Christensen was crushing on Natalie Portman and she was not into him and that came across. (laughs) And so what I think this should have been if you had made it into more of a stalker story where they did sleep together once when like one week night, you know, like she was weak for one night and that was You're when talking they slept about Obi-Wan together. and her. No, no, no. Right. Right. We're going to get to Obi-Wan. Right. Um, but like, instead of Padme saying like, I've always loved you, blah, 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 which you don't buy. What if she never really fell for him and just kind of keeping him away and he just kept coming on harder and harder. And then finally revenge of the Sith, like she's one, you know, we all have a weak night every, you know, like we get weak every now and again and she gives in, you know, like that would have been such a cooler story 
than one where we're supposed to buy her loving him back. Anyways, it's little things like that. I just don't know why it didn't occur to George Lucas, but hey. You know, uh, he was probably working on the special effects more so than the story. And I think that was the, like I said, I think it was direction and content. I think it was the direction of the content, not necessarily, like, I think he could have had the same story with the same characters and just had a different, like, spent less time in some places and more time in other places, and it would have been a different movie. That's all. Um, and just to just to bring it back to what we were talking about, because I know I got us off track there a little bit. Um, so Dave Filoni talks about when he's developing Ahsoka, uh, he came from the um, cult animated show, uh, The Last Airbender, Avatar, The Last Airbender cartoon, not the bad movie, but the cartoon that people really liked that was on mm-hmm. for a while. Um, and he said, you know, when George tasked him with writing a 14-year-old girl, he had no idea how to write a 14-year-old girl. So what he did was write a really cool Jedi in the body of a 14-year-old girl. And it actually worked out great for everyone because... It's an old soul. Yeah, old soul. Very Yeah, totally wise old soul. And because of Ashley Eckstein's girlish feminine voice, the femininity came through... But like with Daisy Ridley as Ray, you're never really focused on it that hard. I mean, with Ray, we're going to be forced to focus on it more because of the mm-hmm. whole Kylo Ray, you know, dynamic or whatever. But uh, like in the Force Awakens, for example, they, they kept referring to Ray as the girl, but that was only to maintain mystery and to indicate who they were talking about. It never had to do with her being a girl, if that made sense. Like Han Solo never made a sexist comment about her. Like he was immediately impressed with her, you know, and offered her a job or whatever. Right. Um, I'm, not saying our, I'm not saying I'd be yeah. nice to you. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, that's too bad. Chewie's uh, kind of likes you. Um, but uh, but does that make sense? And so so this was my question. We don't have to jump all the way into this, but this was my question slash query from the other night when we were discussing this was, do we get Ray in her at all or or in her current form without Ahsoka? Well, I think I, I think that's what I was saying uh, as we d- got divulged into our sidebar. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's always been a evolution of strong female characters in Star-, Star Wars, stronger than any other franchise and any other. I mean, I can't think of a real superhero movie where you can, where a girl gets to be a character that's a girl, or a, a woman gets to be a character that's a woman. Like versus, you know, when they're playing, I get to be or the kid, you know, girl. Like uh, I get to be Luke, I get to be Star, I get to be Han, I'm gonna be Chewie, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Like you get to be Leia, and I think from that evolution, you know, in you know, you, you Padme was a strong character, a, a misled, misdirected, sure, but a strong character. And then now, I mean, now it's just an overall explosion. From, from I mean, Maz. Uh, in in the newer ones ventress in the cartoons mm-hmm. as like side characters strong woman roles, you yeah. know uh Var- you know all sorts of them uh and then i mean the main characters are all female yep. I, I mean it's just amazing and as a male maybe it's because i'm an older guy i'm older now and i can relate to it um i don't think when i was younger i would have necessarily felt comfortable Wearing a Wonder Woman t-shirt. Like, other than the, the new Wonder Woman franchise, I can't think of another Oh, I got franchise. mine on yesterday, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of another franchise that's really having 
not a best supporting actress character, but like the main person, like the chick, like is in charge. And with the new franchise, that's what they're doing. And I, I think, I think it's amazing because I don't think they don't they take anything away from the male characters. Yeah. I think the boys can still be Finn, and they can they can be uh, if they want to be Ren, they want to be the bad guy. They can be the bad guy. Oh, so that's, Pose, that's my boy. I love me some Poe Dammer, and I can't you wait for do that. Poe, yeah. You want to do Poe? You can be Poe. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. there's 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 still these strong uh, male characters, totally. and still an equally, if not stronger, female character. And yeah. you know, I think that's a tremendous success and direction that they're doing because like who else has been successful making uh you know a, a, a such a strong female courageous character that's successful across the board and transcendent at some level you know yep. i yep I even mean, battlefront 2 is a uh who's playing um by the way the uh very very pretty uh i believe indian lady who's playing um aiden verso as the main character in the battlefront 2 single player mm-hmm. game also a woman although you're playing for the empire which is super cool right after return of the jedi this is the first new canon we've gotten of what happens after return of the jedi so this will be very interesting even though i, I don't know if i'm going to play the game i've been watching some of it looks exactly like her in real life i mean they've they they're modeling these people it's it's crazy the technology but yeah i mean but i think it's not just that you have also male characters but that they complement them right it's not that there's yes. ray or finn it's ray and finn i mean that's the movie is ray and finn and i always use the example so people ask me you know like who are your favorite um can i give you my list of favorite new canon characters yes so i think you'll you'll, you'll like these so ahsoka tano uh-huh I, these are in order of like when they came out i love hondo onaka i love oh, he's great and he's Jim great. Cummings, who plays him, has like 700 credits on IMDb. He's not a, a crossover, uh, but he reminds me of uh, the character from Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, shit. The one who dies at the end of the new one. He's like Yandu? He reminds me of Yandu. Really? Because Yandu's got like a redneck accent, and Hondo's a no, mix not, of like Russian not by Chinese. That. The, the actual person. Oh. the actual like they'd be friends because like they're really not bad guys even though they're like true scoundrels mm. you know like hondo and clone wars is pretty bad at times but he gets better yeah he but you know like yes he's always in it for himself and he's always gonna put himself first because he's not that good of a guy yep. same thing you know same thing with yandu but like for the really big things, like he's gonna make the right choice. You know, the really big things. You know? and, and I love that every time uh, he thinks he's swindling Ezra and Ezra's double crossing him, he's so proud of Ezra. Like he couldn't right. be prouder. It's great. And um, I love how every time every time they're like <laughs> Ezra's like, I, I talked to Hondo. They're they're always like Ezra like <laughs> But it's never necessarily a bad idea. He's always right. With Maul, he's right. With Hondo, he's right. That's what's great about Ezra. They think he's getting swayed by all of these horrible people, and that is part of it, but he always ends up getting the upper hand for the most part. Uh, but Kanan did lose his eyes because of that. Well, so. yeah, but Kanan's also <laughs> ten times more powerful of a Jedi now that he's... Right. He should have... He was meant to do it to become a more powerful Jedi. 
Uh, all right, so some of my favorite characters from Rebels, uh, we're going to loop back to this a little bit, is Kanan, Jarrus, obviously, a.k.a. Caleb Doom. By the way, I'm such a nerd. When the wolf said Doom, I knew exactly what the wolf was saying. People were like, why is oh. the wolf saying Doom? I'm like, I know what the wolf's saying, Doom. I love that I figured out that T-shirt. Yeah. That they were wearing in the... Uh in the in the in the in the um, interview in the the, the, the panel uh, that you sent me the other day, yeah. that's the T-shirt they were wearing, the white-faced wolf, and I was like, yeah. "What are they wearing?" I could not figure it out, and then I yeah. saw this the latest episode. And, and by like, the way, if so. the design of Ahsoka and her pic, her being related to the wolf in some way, and you see Dave Filoni's drawings, he says in his free time he just draws Ahsoka on the walls. Um, <laughs> it reminds awesome. you of princess mononoke that's not only intentional but admitted by dave filoni and dave filoni's great because he admits that you know he george has been his mentor but lord of the rings and miyazaki are like two of his biggest influences and so for example the constant death and rebirth cycle of ahsoka we don't know what's gonna happen he compares to like gandalf for example. gandalf yeah. yeah so um all right i love sabine love sabine big sabine ren fan oh, i, like I the- can't even believe i didn't say that when we were talking about Star. i didn't yeah. even get into harris harris amazing oh my god she's like yeah. your your strong aunt who will slap you in line and yeah sabine like your crazy cousin yeah the reason i pick sabine over hera on the list is because there's a lot of princess leia in hera which i love because princess leia is personally i never answered this my favorite star wars character ever is still princess leia and nobody believes me when i say this man but i really no reason to lie about this but like when i was a kid I, i didn't have this like sexual obsession with Carrie Fisher or Princess Leia. Maybe I was too young, but like even the slave thing, you know, I was just so in on her being a badass. Um, and I think that's where it started that we grew up with empowered character like Princess Leia, you know, whether you thought, you know, she was hot as a kid or not is immaterial. Just, you know, the, 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 the fact that let's put it this way. I grew up and because of Princess Leia, female uh, females being badasses was never like a weird concept to me so when the new generation started i was so ready for it right totally totally yeah so okay real quick uh in terms of villains i really like the grand inquisitor i love the design of the grand inquisitor i love the famous voice actor who played the inquisitor i like that he comes back as a temple guard in season two tonight kanan um, mm-hmm. I love the Bendu, and I think philosophically yeah. the Bendu is the most important thing to come out of Rebels. Like, I think there's going to be a direct line between the Bendu being the one in the middle and the stuff that's going on with Luke and Ray, perhaps in the new movie and so forth. Now, um, I, you know, I love Ray, Poe, and Kylo. The last thing I'm going to say, though, man, and this is why it triggered what you were saying about, you know, yes, there are cool female characters, there's cool male characters, but they're also cool in conjunction. I love Jin Erso, like probably more than most people. I think Jin is super underrated, but I really love Cassian Andor. I think Cassian Andor, especially when you add K2 into the equation, is one of the all-time classic Star Wars characters. Like, I can't imagine a Star Wars universe without Diego Luna um, as Cassian and Alan Tudyk as K2SO. Like, I can't imagine it. And 
that it's so I have to put that threesome together of Jin, Cassian, and K2. Because for me, like, I can't separate it. I love everything about it, if that makes sense. Um, and then I'm going to just give, and we'll move on to the final segment. I'm going to give an honorable mention to the new Anakin Skywalker, voiced by Matt Lanter in The Clone Wars, which has made me, you know, re-like the notion of a good-hearted Anakin Skywalker again. And if you see Matt Lanter in real life, he's a big TV star now, and he's in a lot of movies. He's better looking than Hayden Christensen. He's more built than (laughs) Hayden Christensen. He's sweeter and smarter than Hayden Christensen. He has an all-American look about him. By the way, he's got that jaw. He's got that jaw. That uh, well, superhero. Well, the, well, the the actual split chin look of Anakin and Clone Wars is based completely on uh, the voice and screen actor Sam Witwer, who voiced Darth Maul, who voiced Star Killer in the Force Unleashed games, who voiced Emperor Palpatine, who was on Battlestar Galactica. Just an amazing, amazing voice actor. Looks exactly like Anakin. So either of those two guys would have been awesome Anakins. And I'll finish this by saying, I'm telling you, man, when Kylo Ren in the first move in the first new movie takes off that helmet and you see that hair the very first thought that occurred to me was why, why, why could George Lucas not have found someone one-tenth like Adam Driver to play Anakin Skywalker in the original? Because he's so good. But maybe that's why Kylo's good. You know, we're getting the Anakin we've always wanted, right? I don't know. So we're about to talk about movie news. I know uh, Simi wants to talk some solo. I don't know if you have any Last Jedi thoughts um, as well. Um, But just to wrap up Ahsoka, because we both love her, you know, it's interesting that I discovered her on Rebels first as older, mature, definitely not snippy and annoying, so that when I went back to the awful Clone Wars movie, it didn't bother me at all because I knew her whole story by then. Right. So, two-part question for you on Ahsoka, um, just to hurt your brain uh, on this last major question here. A, you can answer either or both, and I can break it up. A, why do you think, or how do you think, the public opinion turned so relatively quickly and drastically from hate to love of Ahsoka, um, other than just the writing for her getting better? And B, what does that say about Star Wars fans? The whole thing, from the hate to the love. That's a tough one, that second one. So why don't you start with the first part? Yeah. Well, well, I think, I think that, let me, get in, I, let me actually get into the second one. I think Star Wars no. fans, uh, unfortunately, are a little impatient. Um, growing up, when we grew up, we had those three movies, and like, we kind of thought that was it. You know, like we didn't think we were going to get any more. There was limited toys. There was limited things. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Remember the Dark like, Ages I talked about? That was that was our entire life. That was our life. That was our entire life. Knowing that as a five to ten year old, things were strong and merchandise awesome. To like being like, where did that go? And being like, I want to watch that movie again. And and mm-hmm. I want those toys. My brother broke. Like, not necessarily to play with, but, you know, just to, like, kind of have. And that's kind of why I got into collecting the Pez, just to mm-hmm. be the nostalgia of playing with the toys when I was a kid. Because I yep. I don't have the toys anymore. We played them to death. 
or my brother broke them or whatever. And by the way, by the yeah. way, people talk about Star Wars materialism, but unlike Ninja Turtles and Transformers, which were specifically made to sell toys, toys with Star Wars, and this is shown by the fact that adults buy as many or more toys than kids, is like an added value added to the Star Wars experience. And this also is related to the fact that Star Wars not only makes $2 billion in the theater, but they have a much lower percentage of 3D versus 2D than other blockbusters because most Star Wars fans prefer to see the movie in traditional 2D at least once, if not every time. So think about that, man. So The Force Awakens made $2 billion with a very high percentage of 2D tickets, which are, what, 3 to $5 cheaper? Mm-hmm. So I, I just want to point out that yes, everyone loves porgs. I can guarantee you, Ryan Johnson did not invent the porg to order to sell porgs. They thought it was going to be a quirky thing. They snuck it into an Entertainment Weekly issue, and people went fucking nuts. That wasn't like a grand plan or whatever. I'm not saying there's not materialism, but I, and I, again, porg is the porg is one of the newer Pez actually, which is one of the cuter ones. Of course, uh, it's out, a porg out there. I put him right next to the Ewok. Uh, that's where he deserves to go. You know, oh, and by R2 the way, D2. people, when you were kids, you loved Ewoks. I don't want to hear that you never liked Ewoks. You know what I mean? You liked oh, Ewoks. Who, I who liked Ewoks. Who that village? Who doesn't dream of like, yeah, my friend's, you know, his treehouse. It's awesome. It's like an Ewok. Look, when we went to camp, we had these people called the Tzophim, and they lived in Israel, and they were like Boy Scouts, only they would build those entire like second story homed tree houses and like who you're lying if you don't want to go play with a bunch of ewoks that like have spears and throw spears and you know slingshots and then they live in the trees in this like amazing tree forest that get out of here it's awesome i want an ewok as a friend like this this is my buddy george like yeah he's an ewok what (laughs) You know, like, who wouldn't? Like, it, you're, they're all lying. It didn't make the story bad. There are some cheesy moments that make it cartoonish and a little unbelievable. So it kind of takes away from it. But at the end of the day, for like, you know, 1983, like, that, not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Well, I would even that argue looks- with that. I would argue with that because they played an extremely important character role they played it an important plot role but unlike avatar which you know was like taking down an entire galactic military with bows and arrows the ewoks weren't taking down the empire they were just trying to stall them long enough so they could blow up the fucking thing and right, it was and they- practical suits you know and you could clearly tell the personality of the people wearing the suits it it, it does it not only doesn't it bother me i can't imagine it without and just like the porgs in the last jedi which looks like it's going to be super dark you need some cute stuff in star wars cuz it can get really really dark and it's made for 8 year olds dude 8 year olds yeah 8 year olds so. dude <laughs> 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 what's a petter ass donnie um <laughs> <laughs> it'll go door to door <laughs> oh man um so uh where were we that was a nice another sidebar there um, yeah oh, right you're talking about oh but this ties into ahsoka it, people realized wow she can be cute and badass what a revelation you know and maybe at some level having a main character 
having another female main character they didn't want to do and they didn't want to i just don't know why he wouldn't have wanted to get into the storyline same thing with the darth maul like why didn't he want to get into that storyline i don't know why he chose to get into this storyline or that one to make one two and three and just left it out but you know she i mean her purity and her overall defiance because like I mean, I've hinted at this a little bit, but I've heard these different things about, like, we're always so clear about that the Sith are the bad and the Jedi are the good, but, like, we really don't have the whole history. Like, and we do know the Jedis are, like, yes. you know, absolute about a lot of things. And yep. they're kind of, and they're kind of, um, not to knock the Catholic Church, but, you know, they're kind of like priests at some level. And they have these rules that they're supposed to do and not to do that are counterintuitive of human beings. They so, were wrong. The Jedi were yeah. assholes. And, okay, um, this is my last soapbox about the prequels. And again, <laughs> I want to stress, I can't even watch episode two. I tried recently. I enjoy episode three in chunks occasionally. I will watch episode one because you do have Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. And by the way, as I've That's commented amazing. before, you and McGregor almost single-handedly made the prequels watchable. And any oh, so moments so of Liam, ne- Liam Neeson wasn't. Come on, I mean, like no, no, but the, the entire three prequels, the two of them, the three, the three. I'm saying the three oh, the movies. Three. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. He's a tremendous actor. He is, and he's getting his actor. movie. He said he wanted to do it. The people want it. Obi- the the Obi Wan and Tatooine movie is happening, people. So don't worry, we're getting you and McGregor. But he was he was like thirty, and then he was like sixty. You know, I, it's like uh, okay. what the. <laughs> I, I have an I have an idea of a story idea of how that happens, which involves a little bit of time travel with a Sith ho- with a Sith holocron into the past. So Maybe with can, a wolf. I well, think the wolves could do time it's, travel too. But it's so he could go into the past. We could see the ancient history of the Jedi. He can age. And then when he comes back, like two seconds have elapsed, but he's aged like 20 years and had this crazy adventure. That's how I would do it. But it, for a number of reasons. Anyways, it's not bad. It's not but, bad. you know, and then you've got, da, 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 you know, the battle with right. Darth Maul is great. Um, the the Qui Gon stuff is great. Yeah. But so I, I don't love the prequels, guys. But I think the one thing that Star Wars fans really missed, and of course, George has to take some responsibility, but I think he got this the most right, is he was telling us the Jedi were wrong and were assholes. And because people didn't like the movies, and, and also people, we, we worshipped the Jedi growing up. We didn't want to believe it. But, like, Mace Windu wasn't just a dick because he was Samuel L. Jackson. Like, he was being directed that way. Like, they were supposed to be assholes. And as you pointed out, forbidding people to have relationships has never worked over the long haul in any religious order. Ever. They were priests. They were priests at yeah. certain levels. And so... You know, literally. So that's the big question. If... If if Anakin was able to be open about Padme, w- would anything have changed? Is an interesting hypothetical question. Well, I think in the end, uh, there's a lot of things that they you're not allowed to do that are counterintuitive. Like, and it's going to cause an internal problem. Like, I'm not Catholic. I'm not knocking Catholicism, but I find it hard for a person to live like that in Judaism. You know. Uh, having strong relationships is pointed out in certain things that that makes you a person, you know, like that makes you a whole person it's required. Having, yeah. It's having strong relationships with family and friends and, 
and having intimate relationships is the utmost uh, uh, mitzvahs that you do, the, the good deeds you do, you know? Yeah. So, and that's what camp was ultimately about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Re- relations. So, so to deny relations and do that is weird and, like, counterintuitive and, like, scary, like, all right. And so, like, they are – but they are priestly. They have priestly powers. They have yeah. godly powers. So maybe – I don't know any gods. The gods don't exist in but my would life. But you, would you, know? you agree so, in principle that regardless of actual execution, again, because of writing and acting, but the notion that, like, do, do you buy that George was trying to tell us that the Jedi, as Luke says, need to die, at least their way of life, was setting that yeah. up in the prequels? Because I, I did, that's one thing I did, that's one positive I will give to them. I'll say that. Yoda and Obi-Wan are the only Jedis we really know. Luke yeah. becomes a Jedi barely in the third movie. And Yoda's a dick, too. Yoda's, <laughs> Yoda's a, a dick. dick too. The way he treats young Anakin in episode one, I remember being like, oh my god, this is not the Yoda I thought I knew. But the way he treated... Uh, I, for, I mean, we also forget, like, Luke, like... It's like he's not a, he's not like training that long, and like the whole thing was like, will he will he complete what he too starts? Old, he doesn't. He? Yes, yes, too old. Cannot be. But too old. he but but Yoda was right. I mean, at some yeah. level, that he wasn't going to complete his things. Like it was the right choice to make. He needed to go save his friends, but uh, he he was too scatterbrained. He wasn't a tradition. But yeah, he's the get off my lawn old guy with traditions. And how did and Luke win? Luke won because of relationships. It's true because of his, uh, yep. you know, co- confidence in his friends. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't his weakness. It was yep. his strength. Absolutely. So, okay, man, this was fantastic. I hope to, we're going to have one last fun section here about what's coming up. Um, we have so much to talk about. Uh, really quickly, I think we're both caught up to episode seven and eight of Rebels that just came out. Cool. Could I talk? Could I actually shoot this one off? Because I saw something in this newest episode that yeah. I'm like petrified about. Well, sure. Well, can, can, can you give a quick? Um, so, guys, uh, if you're listening and you haven't watched Rebels, um, go watch and catch up and come back because we'll probably have some spoilers from the newest episode. So, uh, cool. Go ahead, Simi. This is totally a spoiler because it's totally at the end. And like, I just saw it today, and I wanted to go back and watch it. Again, and I didn't have a chance to watch the scene mm-hmm. again. But he totally kills, he murders that dude. At the end, he murders the captain. Uh, Who murders what captain? Ezra murders Captain Lizard. Oh. With, with, the, with his lightsaber. Is that, and that's it, not Bosk, right? No, it can't be Bosk. I don't think it's Bosk. And, and that's why I wanted to go back, because I wasn't sure who he was. Dude, they've and, like, murdered tons name. of people. They usually just no, send them over the, the way, side of a cliff. Yeah. No, but see, Disney doesn't show death usually. And in a lot of things, they don't actually show, like... Look, Which is why they like, canceled Clone Wars, by the way. Because <coughs> there's tons of straight-up murdering by good guys and bad guys in Clone Wars. Right, I mean, but they're, but they're still not do it, slicing yeah. through... A, they're still not slicing through yes. a... Uh, a, a stormtrooper, which yes. they actually are. Like they make it sound like the stormtroopers is like not getting cut in half every time they get cut with the lightsaber. It's like they're killing them. They're slicing them in half. Right. But no. 
So you don't actually see a lot of depth. I'll need to rewatch it. Yeah. So it's a very specific thing, and I and I I fear. Well, no, I don't fear. I speculate that it's hinting at as I mean, there's an apprentice and a and a master, and your your fear of the apprentice goes bad. Like, wow, it's the same story over and over again. Which now I'm not arguing. It's fine. Mm. It's but true. I see it. I mean, we were always scared about Ezra being dark, mm-hmm. um, and he always proves to be light. Um, but a, his skills now are completely honed. He is someone to be feared. He is a true Jedi sure. at this point, even though I guess he's technically a Padawan. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, in the scene at the end of uh, the, the latest episode, the end of eight, uh, he has a chance to save the captain and you know. Um, you know, get him tied up and just take care of the issue. Instead, he makes it so he trips over his lightsaber. And he goes, mm. oops, I guess you missed that. And the and the guy slips on the lightsaber and he falls into the, into the, into the uh, Inferno. Mm. And there's something wrong with that. It's, it reminded me so much of that part where he's, where the emperor tells Anakin to cut uh, Do, uh, uh, Doku's head off. Uh, Kaduku's head off. He's like, do it. I and love he, that scene. He has, so he has those two yeah. sabers and he cuts yep. his head off. There was something about it. There was no emperor. Mm-hmm. It was, And he was alone and no one was there. And he didn't have to kill him. And he did. Like, like gratuitously, too. He kind of smiles about it. And it was just off. It's off because of Disney. It's off of who you thought Ezra was becoming. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's back to his... Is he going to start killing people? And is he a Sith? And blah blah blah. And anyways, mm. I don't know if that's really going to happen. But mm. that, I mean, that scene was really unsettling. Just mm. really unsettling. So, Qu- anyways, couple, couple quick thoughts. Um, do you remember the beginning of season three when he's messing with the Sith holocron and getting all these yeah, powers? Yeah. And he takes control of the walker and walks it over the side of the cliff. Right. He takes control of the walker. Has it shoot or the guy? I'm sorry. He takes control of the stormtrooper controlling the walker, and has makes him, him walk shoot all his cliffs. friends, and then has him with a smile on his face walk over the side of the cliff in the walker. So th- this is not unprecedented for Ezra. Two, even though Saw Guerrero pulled a fast one on them, he still sympathizes with Guerrero. There's no question he thinks more action needs to be done. They've been hinting more than hinting at this for a while, and people die in war. Can we What's talk up? about can we talk about Saw real quick? Yeah, sure. Forrest, I mean, giving a cartoon true credibility. Like I mean, like you said, Kira Nightling and like all these other actors, but traditionally there aren't a lot of Academy Award winner, you know, acclaimed actors like Forrest fucking Whitaker. I mean I fell in love with that dude in Good Morning Vietnam. He is one of my favorite actors. I mean, Rusting Scotland was obviously great. I'm the but, best. Uh I mean He's incredible. And, like, I love Saw in Rogue One. And the mm. fact that, like, I'm I was so sitting there watching this episode, and I'm like, that's fucking Forrest Whitaker. And, like, I'm, like, Googling. I'm like, is that really fucking Forrest Whitaker? He was in season three, too. The episodes that aired right after Rogue One where they're on um, G- Geonosis. And he's... Well, there's, tor- there's yeah. two... Oh! And he's torturing the I, bug. Yeah. 
I see. I don't think I put it together that that was Forrest at the time because yeah, a lot of the Forrest. times they're mocking the voices. Like, he and loves I don't the mean mocking in an evil sense. I mean mimicking. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I've said that twice now. But yeah, they're mimicking the voice, and I thought it was just somebody doing it. But this time, when they actually did it with the beard and everything, he just looked more like Forrest and sounded yeah. more like Forrest. I'm like, it yeah. must be Forrest, you know. I'm so, so happy I, to hear you say that because I listened to some Star Wars podcasts and they're like enough saw Guerrero already like with his laugh and his little this and and I'm like people good characters you're not always going to like like no that's they're the not point. all Darth Vader and they're not all Luke Skywalker like and the, you the need Jabba you're... the Hutt you need the... C3PO right you need some characters that are grading and serve a higher purpose and the beauty of him is, and I love the play on names, maybe I just make it up, Darth Vader, Dark, Luke Skywalker, I know it's Anakin Skywalker, and then Saul Guerrero. I think of it, Guerrero, like gray. And then he's gray, too. And, like, mm-hmm. Saul is the gray. I believe it's like, a play he, on Che Guevara, but I could be wrong. Well, uh, I did a study abroad in Cuba. I could divulge into my Che Guevara, like, how I can't stand how he's a hero and he killed tons of people. <laughs> And people have these tattoos. Of well, no, I'm saying the name. Like, the name is yeah, a play, yeah, yeah. not n- 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 the I, name is a play I'm on the historical say, yeah, figure. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he is a rebel, and Saul so, uh, so is a rebel. Although a rebel. in that universe, you could totally see Saw Gerrera fanboys post Rogue One with like Saw Gerrera tattoos and stuff. Totally, right? totally. Yeah, I, he's, I'm he's, with you. I love Saw Gerrera. I don't know. Did you ever read the either of the prequel novels to Rogue One? I haven't One? read it. I'm not a. Bo- I've, I've seen uh, pretty much just everything to Saw. Okay, so <laughs> that's 100. Yeah. If you're an audiobook person, these Star Wars audiobooks are amazing because. They add just a touch of sound effects and music, like very minimalist. But when something big happens, you get a little bit of the John Williams score or like a couple, like a lightsaber turning on or something. Oh, that's and fun. They've got great, great, great voice talent. But the, the, there are two uh, before Rogue One, really quickly. One's called Rebel Rising. It's technically young adult, the way the Ahsoka book is, but really it's for all ages, and it follows Jin from the time Saw takes her at the beginning of Rogue One oh, to when, wow. the, when the oh, rebellion like finds her. And, and it's really dark what Saw puts her through and what she has to deal with with the pirates on the edge of the galaxy. You can see why she's so bitter and so forth. That's really fun, but a must, Strong. must, much must listen or read is uh, I think most people agree this is the best tie-in book to any of the movies. It's called Catalyst, and it's about the relationship between Galen Erso and Krennic. Um, During the Clone Wars, Galen Erso is working on an energy project. The Separatists capture him. Krennic, who's working for Palpatine before the the Empire, frees him, and so Galen owes him some favors, and he gets Galen working on the Death Star project without Galen realizing Realizing he's working on it. That's that conversation, right, that they're having in Rogue One, that they're old... nemesis friend yep yep, yep. Right. so um much much recommended both of those i love saw too absolutely he's fantastic so um yeah it's been a great season so far honestly uh, i've liked all the episodes and it is going to be sad um any prediction on who we know hera the ghost and chopper survive through Return of the Jedi, we because of the Forces of Destiny cartoon. So we know Hera, the Ghost, and Chopper survive through the original trilogy. Other than that, we don't know. My guess is Sabine lives, goes back to Mandalore, 
Ezra maybe hides and Kanan dies. I don't know what happens to Zeb. Any any thoughts or predictions? Uh, yeah, I actually think the reverse of that. Okay. Uh, I actually think Ezra dies. I think Kanan has to kill Ezra. Wow. Oh, you think he's really going dark? I think he is dark. And I think that's why he was able to do that. Because like I said, you said, well, he made the right choices, but Kanan got blinded. So, yeah. you know, I, you know, like he still made a lot, a lot of mistakes, you know? And like, yeah. Like I'm just constantly waiting for him to like to become a Sith. Like and and like I'm just constantly waiting for that storyline to take place. That's and maybe so it's interesting. It's the, maybe because it's the traditional storyline. Because I think to me, Kanan's the last Jedi at some level. Because like if you kind of think about it in the time frames, like they're talking about everything, and like Kanan's completely like you know devoid of like everything you know other than rebels, right? But like. He's truly the only Jedi, and he's, like, super strong. Like, so Ezra's not a Jedi yet, right? Mm -hmm. And then Luke's not a Jedi yet, right? And so there's Obi-Wan, who, like you said, we don't kind of know what Obi-Wan is in this point, but he's kind of like a retired Jedi slash waiting for his purpose. But then there's Kanan, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I just think his – I I really like what he's doing, and, like, in terms of – you know who's gonna hold my bag or who's gonna wash my back like I, i'm with him other than ezra like I, if someone said who do you think would turn more it's like yeah. kanan is you know kanan questions he's not good enough and, and quest to become better ezra is selfish often and impulsive austin and reminds me of a young anakin often and yeah. obi and kanan reminds me of, uh, a, of obi-wan i think know? they're throwing so, us off with the anakin stuff they I, might I, be they might be I hope ezra has a I great hope heart live. i love both of, i do well so did anakin <laughs> well not the way he was portrayed but yeah and in the, in the, in the clone paper. wars like i said i think the true reason is not because he was he was seduced by the emperor i think he already had those thoughts in his head and the emperor just took him out well then the clone wars failed to do that yeah the clone wars failed to really explore that dark turn i mean because up until i know they took to end the clone wars early but up until the end other than abandoning ahsoka when he shouldn't have you know they never really get to that rageful emo angry anakin that we see no no, it's roots. It's it's roots. It's I think really I think Ezra actually has a great heart, and the fact that he survived the holocron, he survived Maul multiple times. I, you know, I mean, I, and beyond, honestly, just from a purely practical standpoint, a kid show, you can't kill the main kid character. I just don't no, think you can do it. You I just can't. Don't think you can do it. Yeah. Um, so. But he can become all that is bad, and then they'll just leave it at that and finish it in a movie. Or maybe he goes with Ahsoka. I mean, there's almost no way Ahsoka doesn't keep surviving because she has such a fan base, and because of her identity and her history, you can keep finding ways for her to sneak around the main events. And you can always bring them back. I mean, it, great Jedi's always come back. Qui-Gon figures it out. Uh, Obi-Wan figures it out. So I Yoda think there's a final battle. My, my prediction, final battle... Kanan and Ezra against the bad guys. When it's just about to turn even worse, Ahsoka shows up, Kanan dies, and Ahsoka takes Ezra off into the wilderness would be my prediction. But I would say I would say uh Kanan Kanan and Ezra fight and Ezra dies or Ezra is or it's undetermined like if he actually died or not. So um, I, and I really, Ahsoka, yeah. and I also think Ahsoka will eventually become 
she's not necessarily uh, a full person, but more like a mentor to Kanan, um, maybe as like Obi-Wan is to Luke with yep. Yoda and Luke and Obi-Wan. So I'll tell you more about this off uh, off mic because I, I want to get to talk a quick movie news. But I, I yeah, was, let's. I will. I have mentioned before, but um, I I have been working mostly for fun. But you know, the Lucas Story Group takes stories from anybody. Um, uh, have been working on a treatment based on sort of the first five years of Obi Wan's exile and tattooing, and it involves Ahsoka. Um, and it involves this this holocron thing um, and going to the ancient pre-Jedi huh. times and so forth um, because we know what happens to Ahsoka and Obi-Wan in like the first few months after uh, Palpatine takes control and now we know what happens in sort of the final few years before Luke but there's a nice fertile 10 or 15 years there that haven't really been explored um, and I think it doesn't make sense to take Obi-Wan off planet but it also doesn't make sense that he would be doing nothing the whole time so that's where my idea kind of sprung from copyright people don't steal my idea um, even though I think they're actually working on something similar but um, anyways uh, my last <laughs> thought and this will lead into movie talk is when I saw Twilight of the uh, the Apprentice parts one and two the season finale of, of season two of Rebels where we've got all the Inquisitors and Ahsoka fights oh, Vader it's a great with Darth Mar- Maul. Maul so yeah, there's a lot going on what what I took away from that man is that that was the first time ever that I looked at it and was like animation when done right can be almost as or even as effective as live action in conveying star wars coolness like to me that was like a mini movie in animated form i I really lost myself i stopped thinking about it being a cartoon and when you get that sort of anime style animation with ahsoka running with her lightsabers backwards and like kicking the shit out of vader like you can't help, help yourself such a scene um but uh does that make sense like even though i was really enjoying rebels up until that point i was and there's that I hero mean, shot you, with maul I, and kanan yeah i think unfortunately um in terms of like the way people see things just not everybody has the creativity to take that out i think i do too i can do that also with audio like what we were talking about like i listen to books on tape on tape recording you know of great great actors speaking and acting out the scenes and i'm able to while i'm driving like kind of picture it like carrie fisher by the way if you haven't read if you haven't listened to carrie fisher read her memoirs you have not lived oh so good yeah go ahead we can separate the animation part and get into the story and forget about that part of it and the animation is able to do things that they still can't do so if you can take that out it's it's such a greater thing. I just don't think everybody can do that. And um, and that's why I look forward to, you know, in 10 years, hopefully, they'll have Rebels as live-action movies because there's nothing they really can't do at this point in terms of funding. I just hope it doesn't get oversaturated. But, like, and, like, there's so many storylines, but to not do at least three movies on Rebels would be silly to me because i think rebels will pick up more i think the stories will pick up more and i think there's another generation of 
eight-year-olds, dude, that are going to get into this and, like, start again, you know? And, like, it's a whole other process. And it might be a rebirth of hopefully they don't start making new storylines up, but just divulging into better storylines and more of them so this franchise is, you know, it's the franchise. Not that it already isn't, but, um, you know, there's just so much they can do with it. Again, I love a good story, you know? And not only about a good story, a good world. And if you can keep me in your world, I'm down to visit all the planets. Yep. Also, the uh, Twin Suns episode with Maul versus Obi-Wan for the second time was amazing. Um, oh, it was It was so – and that's what I say about the poetry earlier about Maul, like yeah. as if he's a, a, a suffering – you know, pain soul. I mean, not as if. He is a suffering pain soul. Mm-hmm. And uh, – and artistic in the way he speaks and the way he talks and that whole battle, uh, uh, spoiler alert, if you guys haven't seen it, it's amazing, but it's just so, he was longing to end it. He wanted to end it so many years. He wanted to be ended when he cut him in half. And the, the, the the revenge is just a result of him still living, Mm -hmm. you know, let him rest. He just wanted to rest and Obi-Wan puts him to sleep. Yeah. so defi- decisively so. and he wants it you can see it in his face immediately that's kind of what he wanted this is a beautiful thing um, he didn't give it up he didn't give up the fight but that's no he what... didn't give up the fight but the look on his face that was w- more peaceful than i was expecting as obi-wan was sort of cradling him oh what a great scene oh so there's good. a great wait, wait, wait not to not to not to digress or get into something different but Remember, he says uh, there's a great back and forth between the two of them, mm-hmm. and I I think oh, this is going to be a great segue into Jedi about whether Luke goes bad or blah blah blah. And there's a part where in that scene that Maul hints to, uh, is he the chosen one? Um, and uh, I forget the exact line that he says. But he says something like he'll be the end of us all or something. What is the lie? No, he says, is he the chosen one? And then Obi-Wan says, yes. What does Maul say? And then Maul says he will avenge us. And Obi-Wan gets this look on his face of just like, you still don't get it, dude. It's not about revenge. You could, just, you know, like he's just—he almost feels sad for Maul that he thinks what the chosen one's goal is is revenge or whatever. Or maybe Maul knows that Luke is the Sith. Right, right, right. Or Pe- destined to be the Sith. That was the only thing because there is a—that's a weird back and forth. I watched yeah. that. I couldn't remember it as well. Wow, you're great. But uh, just that back and forth is great because I—I didn't exactly understand it. Maybe I was reading into it. Yeah, I thought he he was disagreeing with them. Yeah, no, no, I, I, this is totally interpretive, you know. And by the way, what they do with facial animations on Rebels is spectacular. Yeah, how much body language and face language without even dialogue is just so great. Um, But uh, I interpreted when he says he doesn't say will he avenge us. Darth Maul is he will avenge us. He will avenge us. Yes. But Obi-Wan's look is of, of pity, I think, at that point. Um, because Maul, for all of his knowledge-seeking and all of his power, doesn't get the basic truth of reality, which is ultimately the undoing of the bad guys, right? I mean, that's what turns right. Vader. When Vader finally faces up to the truth at the last minute, 
he finally makes the one right decision is his entire life. You know, that's, I always say that like Donald Trump, all these bad guys, like what is the one thing that the good guys, even when the things seem hopeless, the one thing us good guys have is bad guys, hubris, right? All bad guys <laughs> have hubris. And it's like, it's like, uh, it's, I always say it's, it's Hitler invading Russia, right? Hitler was about to conquer all of Europe and invade America, but because of and his win hubris the war. and win, and the, win war, the war and because of his hubris, he invaded Russia for no reason. And that ultimately and, lost the war for him and fought a land. He couldn't conquer and fought a, a, a army. He could never, he could never defeat. Yeah. And so <laughs> I also will say, by the way, um, the, uh, I'm not going to say I'm disappointed, but if you're a massive super fan of Star Wars and you've read like 50 Star Wars books and a thousand comic books and you've read Wikipedia, Wikipedia beginning to end, if you have not read Dune, especially the first two or three Dune books by Frank Herbert where George Lucas stole a ton of his ideas, especially about messiahs and prophecy, it's mm. the exact same thing. The whole first book is about Paul Atreides. He's supposed to be the Mahdi, the Messiah, the one. God, I read that so long ago. Yeah, but what happens? It's not him. It's his son who ends up being the Messiah, which is exactly what happens in Star Wars. So for all the people who are like, oh, Anakin's supposed to be the chosen one. I'm like, guys, read up. This is how it happens. You know, even people who know, even people who tap into prophecy like Yoda, and Qui-Gon get it wrong from time to time. It's clouded. Okay, so here we go. Last Jedi. <laughs> clouded Thoughts, predictions. What do you th- how are you feeling? I, I haven't gotten into a lot. I actually like going into it not knowing a lot. So I watched. Did you see the main trailer that came out like a month ago? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say I watched the. I, I mean, Monday night. I was watching the Monday Night Football anyway. But I mean, I was going to watch that, uh, you know, on its own anyways. So biggest thing, let me just ask you some more direct questions on, uh, biggest thing you're looking forward to, um, in the, let's, I'm going to split this one biggest thing you're looking forward to that, you know, is going to happen generally, but you don't know the specifics of in the movie. (laughs) Well, generally I know, uh, Luke is going to be in it and he has to be a better actor. Uh, I thought Carrie Fisher was really good, uh, in, uh, for everything, oh, God rest her soul. She's a beautiful woman. I've read so many cool little stories about how someone met her at a party and she threw glitter on him and said, oh, you're yeah. amazing. Yeah. You know, just stuff like that. And like, you she know, she's just beautiful in every sense of the word and was just a gentle soul. Also so, the most solid performance through the original trilogy of the three, in my opinion. So at first, yeah. So at first I didn't love her in uh, when she came back. Because uh, I thought it looked a little awkward, but then bad, I right, actually that was bad liked. writing for her in, in seven. It but was Ryan Johnson like, I, and her co-wrote her stuff together for eight. It's going to be great. Good. Uh, so I thought that was a little, you know, but you know, she's Carrie, Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher was great in it. So yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. 
aspect about how they're going to replace. Well, I know she was, she did the last everything. Right? Yeah. We so won't get into that for now, but needless okay. to say, I don't think she dies in this movie because they, they wrapped before she died. So I don't I think don't. she has to either no. because they have so much film of her, you know, like, uh, and technology these days, you're not going to have to do much. So they're going to have to think about it. But. but when you watch people's reaction to the trailer, the moment where the music cuts out and Kylo's deciding whether to kill his mom is when it gets super real and you watch people's reaction to the trailer and they're like no you know you better not fucker you better you know like people are like you better not um that's what it gets super real um does luke ignite the lightsaber you you mean his lightsaber and does luke fight with any lightsaber at some point in this movie yeah i think i just don't know who he's gonna fight snoke maybe um i don't know i don't I don't know, like, what Luke thinks about this whole thing. I, I, I think Luke, uh, honestly, I mean, it sounds as if Luke is on the same path as his father, like, questioning all that is the Jedi. Like, he, like, became a hermit because that shit was, like, yeah. rocked his world that his nephew is, like, the leader of the new dark side. So, like, and it's because he gave him the power to do that. And, you know, like. Bendu. So, like. He's like yeah. the Bendu, I think, more than the dark side. Oh, yeah. he's the middle? Yeah, or he's trying to be. I think he's closer to the dark side than the middle yeah. at this point. Oh. Because I, I think the whole questions that these people ask us then is, if, if, if the Jedi are wrong, then what are the Sith? You know, because I am, I am Jedi or I am Sith. I am one of the two, because they've been so definitive about that there is only two except the Bendu. Yep. Bendu, well, Bendu, that's... He's the original apprentice, and he's the original book that was written. But that's Spe- but yeah, of, he's yeah. in the middle. Speaking of which, really quick tie-in. Uh, I meant to say earlier, they test out a lot of stuff at Rebels that become classic in the movies. Couple examples: Blind Jedi, Blind Jedi, um, mm. with with Chirrut and Kanan. Um, right. the, the the love of kind of new a- um, cool animal creatures, um, like yeah. wolves and cats and stuff like that was seen in there sort of the lord of the rings fantastical elements that we see definitely right. seeing that in the new ryan johnson trailer um right. the bendu and the gray jedi stuff sort of seeding that a little bit i think we're seeing that so i think that's that's cool that they get to test stuff out in the cartoon and then you know make it happen other ways so um cool um so before we move on to solo and then we'll wrap what's one thing that you don't know anything about have no reason to think it is going or is or is not going to happen in last jedi but just selfishly you would like to see so I'm really looking forward to the whole training Jedi thing because I always like that whole thing from you know when when he gets that vision to go see Yoda in uh, in in um, an Empire Strikes Back, and so I'm really looking forward to that, which is obviously going to happen. Selfishly, I want to see Luke fight uh, Ren. I mean, because like. That was, it's not clear, I guess, if that was his Padawan or whatever, Um, but it sounds like pretty much like they had a kid and like that was one of Luke's Padawans or Luke was running to school and, you know, they don't, I know there's probably some, like they get into it deeper and some of the other stuff, but I haven't read exactly what happens. Um, oh no, they ha- that's completely unrevealed to this movie. Oh, it purpose. is. Okay, yeah. so they've they've some... gone out of their way to do no major books or comics about what's See, going I on tr- right now. I try to not read a lot of speculation sometimes, just because I don't. I want to go into stuff sometimes with my own blindness. Oh, yeah. um, but 
yeah, so I, you don't know exactly what happened. So like, you know, it's, it's, it's fucking Luke, you know? So like, mm-hmm. you don't even know how Luke really fights. Cause he's like barely a Jedi, you know what I mean? And like, so there's this whole time that you don't know about, like in, in, in return of the Jedi, like he becomes a Jedi. So like, and, and then he fights and loses and then his dad saves him. So like, mm-hmm. you don't get to see him as a true fighting, you know, like Jedi. So mm-hmm. You know, watching him fight, you know, the dark side or Snoke and like seeing what Snoke or who Snoke is. So I'm looking for I mean, I guess that's that's kind of what you're saying, you know, or what you're asking. But, you know, I think they're going to reveal some of that. And I'm just looking forward to some of those fight scenes and just the same way I was always looking forward to how does how does Yoda fight, you know, and I guess they answered that a little bit. I think they did a better job in the Clone Wars. That's actually not a bad fight scene when he fights the Emperor that's not horrible. That's actually one of the better of those prequels. You know, that's one of the better fight scenes, I think. Cause like, you know, you always were like, he's like two feet tall. Like, what does he do? You know, like, how does that work? Right. You know, so it's, it's kind of cool. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I spend way too much time talking and speculating about this. And so I don't want to, I don't have any insider knowledge, so I'm not ruining anything, but it's a two and a half hour movie. And they're certainly not going to show us the end in the trailer. So my guess is the Snoke stuff happens midway through. I don't know if Kylo saves her. I don't know if Luke saves her. uh, Some combination of it. But I think there's a much bigger baddie, um, which may not even be human, to be honest. It could be like a Bendu-type creature Like a Bendu. I was just going to say that. Um, That's going to be the second half. Because like Wonder Woman was like two hours and 20 minutes, but that was an origin story. So you needed 30, 40, 45 minutes for origin. This isn't Mm -hmm. really an origin story. And by the way, people who criticize J.J. Abrams but are so excited for the new movies, the reason you love these characters is because J.J. did a brilliant fucking job with Lawrence Kasdan conceiving them in the first Mm -hmm. film. And as you pointed out, we can't fully judge them until we see this film in the final film. So, And the fact that J.J. gets to do the final film, I think, is awesome. So I'm really excited about all that, and I love the new characters. So that'll be the last of my speculation. Um, Unless you have anything more to say about that, why don't we end on Han Solo, which is actually a topic that I haven't talked about much on my podcast. I'm just going to say two things. One, Kathleen Kennedy, who was handpicked by George Lucas to run Lucasfilm during the sale to Disney, who's been uh, Steven Spielberg's uh, executive producer of choice, going back to like Close Encounters and E.T. and mm-hmm. so forth, is an absolutely brilliant woman. And I think the fact that they're constantly firing and rehiring directors is actually a sign of a healthy organization because they're saying we care so much about the finished product that we don't give a fuck about the PR hit. And you know what? People are more excited about this Han Solo movie now than they ever were before the firing and hiring of Ron Howard. That's my piece. Go ahead. So first of all, like I said, my favorite character is Ahsoka now. But growing up, I was a Han Solo guy. Originally, Han Solo, you're a I've, dead man. <laughs> I've, oh, I've always been a Solo guy because he's the rogue. He gets the girl. He, you know, he's well, trying to do the him, right thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. He's trying to do the right thing, but he got his side thing he's got to pay attention to with his other business. So it's always convoluted. So I, I love his character. So I'm super excited for that. But I'm also super excited that Howard's on this piece because, you know, this is a rekindled spirit. I mean, to remind everyone, 
oh, young yeah. and old. Howard was in American Graffiti with yes, he was. Lucas, mm-hmm. and this is pre-Star Wars. Star Wars is a is a dabble in Lucas's eye. Actually, he'd probably been writing it for years, but you know, it's not a project he's working on. And so, for him to pull mm-hmm. the cord, Lucas Lucas Studios to not agree with what was going on, for them to pull the cord of, from what I heard, they were trying to make it a comedy, and, and it was taken away from things, and blah, blah, blah. Forget about all that. I don't care, because it already happened. They're not on the movie anymore. It's Howard's film now. And I, I'm really excited about it. I love everything that Howard's done. I mean, again, back to, like, Worlds. You know, Willow? Are you mm. kidding me? Like, and then the same guy did Backdraft? Oh, speaking like, of really? Willow, uh, Thrawn's <laughs> new um, Commando is voiced by Warwick Davis. Oh, wow. He's in everything. He's been in all the Star Wars. I think he's one well, of the Well, he only tricked that- Dave Filoni into it. He was hosting the Rebels celebration last year, and he totally tricked Dave Filoni into promising him a role on Rebels. So they wrote him in as... Uh, and by the, char- that, by the way, that character was also the secret commando of Thrawn in the original <laughs> Thrawn novels. So, but he totally oh tricked God. Filoni. It's hilarious. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's great. But yeah, I mean, he, I mean, Howard is a tremendous actor. He's a tremendous director. He's a tremendous writer. Yeah. Um, I just think everything he's done. And then, and then, I mean, then the cast, I mean, you have Donald Glover, uh, you know, Amazing. Woody, you got Woody like, yep. and, I mean, let's not forget, he won the Hunger Games. I mean, yeah. Jesus. So I, I, I just... Well, I, I, really, I don't love Hunger Games, but I'm giving Elizabeth oh, Banks special mention as well. But he won the Hunger Games in that yeah. world. I'm just saying, like, he's just sure. the bad... He, he's, he's also, you know, the natural-born killer. He is the guy... Like, he's still Woody behind the bar because I grew up as a Cheers guy. But he's by far, you know, in terms of childhood, one of my favorite actors to watch like totally. progress to, to where he is and who he is now, totally. you know? So even if you don't like hunger games, his, his fucking role is incredible. Like who he is and what he, what, how he plays it is, is incredible. So, you know, they have great cast, great characters to work with great. Now a great relationship with the, with, with Lucas films and the director. So, you know, I think it's in the right direction. I think it's going to be great. I, I, I can't wait. To, to hear more about the backstory and to see more of, of Solo. And, and just so people are clear, when, when Howard came in to replace uh, Phil Miller and Chris Lord over the summer, they had been in production, pre-production and production for well over a year. They were done. They, they were fucking done. They, they were, were done. Fucking done. <laughs> so they brought in Howard to replace them to do, quote-unquote, six weeks of reshoots. And then four months later, they wrapped and it leaked, quote unquote, that he had reshot the entire movie and they're not moving the date from May, which is not surprising because Howard can can churn out a great movie a year if he wants. Like, Mm -hmm. it also tells me that they had a lot of the CG stuff done beforehand, I think, because that's the really time-consuming stuff. Yeah, there, was, there was probably some usable action footage and maybe some comedy yeah. or whatever that they yeah. maintained. But he's going to be the director of record on the film, uh, for sure. And, you know, I think to, for people to criticize Kennedy for firing people who aren't getting the job done is missing the point. Would you rather have a studio where nobody 
gets fired and you get mediocre performance or where people are held accountable and we replace them with the best people out there. I, I, think. I mean, this isn't just some movie. This is a franchise that we've yeah. literally been talking about for two hours. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, but they could have pushed it back. I mean, <laughs> it just uh, episode nine's not until December of 2019. Like, they could have pushed Han Solo back easily to December of next year, and they're like, "Nope, right? Ron Howard's got it covered. We're cool." And I like the May, May's my birthday, and I have uh, I know the, nice. the, the 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 three the three bad ones I always went to over like my birthday week, my May 20th. So, you know, yeah. I always grew up. You know, with the three bad ones going to see them on my birthday, like week or weekend for the release. And, and also, I, I will say, I saw Thor Ragnarok. Definitely hilarious, for sure overrated, but all the Marvel movies are overrated at this point. And I'm a Marvel <laughs> guy. I will True. say, Simi, when I started this podcast about two and a half years ago, one of my very first podcasts was predicting that the Black Panther movie was going to change everything, even though they had only cast Chadwick Boseman and nobody else. That and is a so, solid prediction. That's yeah. A solid, solid Well, it was prediction. just based on Chadwick Boseman, the property itself from the comics, and my experience in Africa, where I lived and spent a ton of time. And I just... Dude, the merchandising yeah. is going to be the new Colin Kaepernick. Not to well, get political, but it's going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. And by the way... Uh, Disney is releasing it all over Africa simultaneously, which has never happened oh, for any movie great. ever. So good for them. Yeah, for my them. African friends are freaking out. They're fucking excited. So, but that being said, no one's even talking about Infinity War, Avengers. I, I think that's going to be, you know, the part one of a part two. I don't think it's going to be great. There's too many Avengers. Uh, I don't. I think Justice League will be okay. I've just burnt out on the comic book movies, and Star Wars has really set itself apart. So, if you had to, if you had told me a year ago that I'd be way more excited for Han Solo than Avengers in May of 2018, I'm not sure I would have believed you. But now it's not even close. Like Avengers is going to be sort of the appetizer for the main chorus for me on this one. I think I'm also just excited to be a part of you know another well it's gonna be more than a trilogy but just you know like i said we grew up or like we said we grew up thinking this was it and then they came out with those ones and then and then and then now there's this and so like we're in the midst of it we're in the midst of the fun you know all the looking forward to and the fact i mean i think it's great that they're gonna they're like keeping it going and they're gonna go december and then may like i'm gonna barely you know be getting uh like into uh, the December of Last Jedi release, and then, right. you know, all of a sudden, you know, we're going to be running to the theaters to go see Solo, and, like, that's that's how it should be, and I hope they do, you know, I hope they keep it coming, you know? I mean, why and not? And then we have 20 months of no programming on television or film with Star Wars, which will be interesting, that, we're, that we know about. I got a lot of content. I got to watch, I got to rewatch Clone Wars. I'm going to have to watch the new movies a couple hundred. I mean, I think there's a lot 20 months is a long time to go without it, but yeah, yeah maybe I'd like it more spread out, but you it's know, smart. we got a lot of, a lot of it's catching smart. up to do a lot of rewatching. To do, you know? All right. Well, this has been great, man. I appreciate you staying on so long. This always happens on the Bizzlecast, Uh, so I apologize. <laughs> no, man, I had a good time. It's a lot of fun, man. This yeah. Is this, is, this has this been is, really great. So the, the traditionally I give a parting thought and then I, I let the guests give final, final thought or final thoughts. And mine isn't anything original, but since this is the first time we're talking about it, and for me, 
what sets Star Wars apart isn't the action or even the characters of the mythology. It's that it, it's it's created a multi generational. Um, almost ethics if not religion or at least spirituality um but it's very grounded and i always say what's great about star wars is the central message is it's not about you it's about everybody else and it's a noble thing to sacrifice yourself for the or put yourself out there for the greater good and i'll point to rebels actually to 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 close that thought do you remember um, the first time they go to the Jedi Temple in Lothal uh, with Kanan and Ezra? And Ezra he hears gets his the, crystal, or yeah, he hears the, yeah. right before he gets the crystal. He's being tested by the voice of Master Yoda, mm-hmm. and Ezra says something like, "I see my friends, and they fight, and they sacrifice, and they help other people, and it makes me feel." And then Yoda goes, "Yes, feel." feel how and Ezra just goes alive and it gives me chill every time because it's true i mean you know whether on a small or big scale helping other people is the thing that will make you feel the most alive and the fact that that's the central message of something with you know lightsabers magic and all sorts of things is pretty fucking cool in my book and something that i'm thrilled to share with my baby nephews and you know uh, friends and family and everything else so certainly very meaningful for me and I am thrilled with what they're doing in the last three to five years. So I throw it to you for your final thoughts about whatever you want. My final thought will kind of follow that up. I mean, you know, I have a goddaughter. I hope to have children and, uh, you know, the strong female characters and the overall, um, the grapple with choices, you know, and that there is no dark and light or that there is dark and light. There is good and bad and that there is gray and all of that. And that like, not in, in, in like these decisions that they make in all of these things is not necessarily so clear. And that's how life is life. It's not so clear, like what is good and what is bad. It's not so clear. The decisions you make today are going to be, you know, affect like what you do in three years or something like that. And uh, the overall message that they're doing is, you know, think about things, talk about them, ask questions and, you know, and make good choices, you know, and, and, and from, you know, your teachings, you know, expand and, 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 and then you teach other people the whole, you know, apprentice, master, teaching, you know, following, you know, all those things, you know, all lead to, you know, inevitably hoping you're raising or having kids, eight year olds that are, uh, that are making good choices and thinking about what they're doing. So it's a good message. It's an overall good message, and I'm, you know, I'm excited about the whole franchise, and I like that, you know, I'm not necessarily always a huge Disney fan, but I really like the direction that they're uh, that they've been going. Yeah, and just to tie the loop uh, real quick, and we'll we'll close this baby up. You know, they've been very open that one of the themes of the of Last Jedi is be careful about meeting your heroes. Um, whether it's Ray with Luke or the new character yeah. Rose Tika with uh, with John Boyega, who's a hero of the Resistance, but still having mixed feelings about the whole thing because you're not sure, you know, heroes won't live up to what you think. It's sort of like you know, again, when we watch the Jedi and the prequels. And being like, man, I grew up worshiping the Jedi, wanting to be a Jedi, you know. And then you finally see them, and you're, and this goes into the light side, dark side thing, right? It's like right. just because you're a Jedi of the light side doesn't mean that you're representing it. 
and we again Luke representing that. Um, and uh, final thought: Return of the Jedi is the best Star Wars movie. Sorry, people, if you don't think so, you're wrong. It's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Jedi really is. You I know, mean, I is like- there anything better than R two shooting the lightsaber when he's on the skiff with Jabba? Oh my god, it's the best. Man, that that little cocky wink as he uh, as he jumps off the diving board. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, buddy. It was a pleasure having you on. Um, I don't know. Do you do you have or want to promote any type of social media, or it's not really your thing? I have to ask. No, I don't. I don't have yeah. any social media promotions. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite Nothing. TV show right now? Stranger Things. Cool. All right. Well, news, I mean, that whole to catch thing up is on that. fun. Yeah. The whole thing is fun. I, I think yeah. you should get into it. Yeah, I'll have to catch up on that. So, all right, buddy. Well, thank you, Simi. Thank you, audience. This will be Shooting Star Wars Episode 5, um, dropping right away. Um, and the Bizzlecast is out.